do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Not having a fader, like a physical fader here. Don't worry, it'll hey. end. What? Don't worry, it'll abruptly end. Yeah, it's gonna abruptly end until I get off my ass and I guess do something about it. Um, it's Wednesday night. You know what that means? It's the Mark Order podcast here on the Shining Wizards Network, episode number thirty-six. Thirty-six. E36. Um, it's the uh, Holy Triumvirate tonight. It's the Rye Guy, Ryan Schlong. Kate the Great. Oh man, money. No Matt tonight. No Matt well, tonight. Hold on. I, I, we have what would be considered breaking news. Oh. Man was tricked to go to dinner with wife and fed poison. I hate to tell everyone that was Matt. I don't know if he was tricked. I mean, if well, he if, was he was tricked to eat the poison. Well, I mean, if I was told that all of the things that he said were going to be a possibility at dinner were at dinner, I would also go. And if they told me like, "Hey, by the way, there's poison in this," I'd be like, "I'm still going to eat." <laughs> Call have an ambulance on standby. It's going to be fine. Yeah, like if you're telling me there's like, what did he say? Like T-bone or sirloin and lobster and shrimp cocktail or some shit like that. I'd be like, yeah, uh, I'll eat poison because that's delicious. Hell yeah. Sometimes you just got to do it. Sometimes you got to take the risk and just hope that there's medical staff nearby. Yeah, Yeah, all the time. Like it's, uh, you know, this is the price you pay for that type of meal. And uh, I guess if he was, air quotes here, tricked into uh, eating poison, then he went happy. I would have gone happy. There I'm you just go. saying he was told it was a healthy meal, and then he ate it, and then was told afterwards it was poison. He died doing what he loved. All right. It was healthy. It had a healthy portion of poison in it. <laughs> Fair enough. So, guys, what's going on? Ryan, I saw you last week. Kate, I didn't see you last week before the holiday. How uh, How's that uh, been going? Then I was just a commoner before CM Punk was my best friend. All right. Come on. <laughs> no, uh, Thanksgiving was wonderful. We went into New York to spend it at my sister's place because her apartment is on the parade route and she had rooftop access so we were able to watch the entire parade from her roof and it was so much fun very yeah it was a a child's like magic was in the air you guys it was such a blast but 
Um, missed the show last week. Missed you guys. We were actually going to go see the floats get blown up beforehand because you can go see them getting inflated. And there was like a three hour wait. And we were like, we'll wait till next year. No, thanks. Yeah. Hard pass. No, uh, no not going to do that. So uh, all was for naught. But I had a wonderful time. Very thankful for you guys. Very thankful for AW Dynamite. And very thankful for my best friend, Phil. Okay. We were talking about this. You have a new background. There, Rob Humphrey is asking, is this a new secret location? I'm wondering, is this because you're big time now? Is it because I'm at a, a unnamed local medical facility? <laughs> uh, no, I. This is this is my office. I had a leak in it for, uh, gosh, I guess since since after the hurricane came through, but. It was much more extensive of an issue than they thought. So all of that finally got squared away. And I am in my office. When the hurricane came through, did it tell you to stand back? There's a hurricane coming through. It did not. Actually, it did quite the opposite. It was like, we're just a little flash flooding. Then it was like, psych. People who you know are going to have their roofs ripped off their houses. And a lot of flooding. Away. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, but yeah, so this is this will be the new setup. I'm going to try and make it cooler. I feel like everybody has cooler stuff in their backgrounds. I have some like meaningful artwork on the walls and stuff. But I now have a Danhausen picture, thanks to my friend Elise. I have... An Eddie Funko and figure, thanks to Matt. Rest in peace. Big ups, Matt. Um, and I have my CM Punk Nexus action figure. So but I'm I, collecting some stuff. I have the Quebecers. You do have the Quebecers. It's not something you should be proud of. I also have a green screen. I could have equally as much fun back. There wouldn't be any weird, gritty stuff on it. Um, but... Probably me hanging out with all of the free agent signings the Yankees have made. Oh, fucking wait. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. Uh, Kate, Joe Evans said that no flow could be bigger than your head after becoming BFFs with Punk. Mm -hmm. That is correct. Joe Evans, as usual, is on the nose. So is this a new definition of BFFs? Like, does that just mean somebody replying to a tweet? Or did you yeah, actually like you exchange said... phone numbers and then like, you know, talk late at night uh, where like you're laying on your bed on your stomach with your feet up and like, you know, kicking them back and forth, like twirling your hair, you know? How did how did you know? Because that's what it is. How did you know? Is there footage in here? Is my apartment bugged? <laughs> your cameras are always on. <sighs> um, no, uh. Being someone's best friend now means that you've sent them two gifts online. Two. Not just one. Just two. Two. Okay. Two's the <laughs> limit. Okay. Double. That's double the amount of responses that he had ever sent me in the past. And the last time he replied was like a decade ago. And it was because um, Jonathan from Property Brothers was involved in the situation. So... Jonathan from the Property Brothers. But still, wow. still a cool moment. Um, Kate, do you only have that Eddie Funko Pop because he's dead? Just need to clarify that. Obviously, yeah. That's the only okay. reason someone would call him a legend. 
It's true. I just needed to be sure. Wait, what was that guy's name in the in the Discord? Uh-uh. I don't want to give him. I don't want to give any airtime to that. But all you need to know, um, with a little Mark Order podcast uh, context, there was somebody in the Shining Wizards Discord that said uh, people only put Eddie on the, you know, uh, what is it, Mount Everest. My Mount Rushmore. Mount Everest, Mount Rushmore. Sorry, I'm thinking of volcanoes. Uh, <laughs> on the Mount Rushmore uh, of wrestling because he's dead, and everybody jumped on him, and then he started just throwing out these stupid, stupid takes. And then I kind of want to take credit for realizing that his name was a mashup of a wrestler <laughs> okay. and a faction. That that wrestler was never part of. Oh my god, that was the most. Oh, he was. We could say his name because he changed it and tried to come back, but it was Wolfpack Wolfpack Raven, which led to us being like, "Oh my gosh, Wolfpack in the background of Ant's screen." But then I would just be like, "NWO Nikki Bella," like we were. Just, yeah, <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that dude before he eventually got booted, but. That was before me and CM Punk were best friends. That was before I did actually want to call this out. Before CM Punk, I and like the it was past the one year anniversary, but my phone was bringing up the memories of when we went to meet Thunder Rosa, and I cried like a baby, and Aunt, like a baby, like a baby, and Baby A stole her heart. We should repost that picture because it's just the sweetest thing in the world. But he still pops she, anytime he sees her, by the way. He's just, I like, mean, <gasps> Thunder Rosa. They're in love. <laughs> he's in love. I know that much. <laughs> that, you know, he's her little boyfriend. Um, but she said she still has the letter I wrote her in her wallet, which was like the sweetest thing in the world. And I was like, okay, that makes me feel a little less embarrassed by the fact that I was. It wasn't like I welled up, guys, and Aunt can attest to this. I was ugly crying, sobbing so hard. The best part, the best part, Kate, was that um, they were filming, and we have yet to see that footage. I, oh my oh god, no. I forgot I just... about that till just now. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were filming that day because we all had to sign releases. Well. Like, I don't, Mrs. Money and I did not have to because we didn't, like, physically go meet her. Like, we were there with the baby, right? Um, We had to sign one for him because they were filming and taking photos. And then you had to sign one. Yes. So they were filming. They said some sort of documentary. So. Yeah. So it's not only did it happen, it is recorded. And someday may be available to the public, which is mortifying. If that footage doesn't make a final cut of whatever they're putting together. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Here's the thing. We don't need it to make the final cut. We know some, well, we don't. Kate does. Kate knows someone who actually talks to Thunder Rosa who could definitely get us. You don't think Sean could get, get, get Thunder Rosa to pull that. He definitely could. I was just wondering who had an airplane flying directly to their room. (laughs) Not me. It's probably going over my house. I don't know. Um, we could get that footage is what I'm saying. One way or another. Well, yeah, well, we, they said they were filming some sort of documentary. So at some point, 
it should be out. We are going to keep our fingers crossed and keep hope alive because that, again, you reading a letter to Thunder Rosa and then crying like, like a so baby. And, um, in my defense, I had written her a letter that was very emotional. And did you just turn yourself down? No. I took the echo cancellation off because I'm getting feedback. Um, Turn yourself up. Hello, hello, hello. Eh, not really. I mean, I have you maxed out in here for us so that. Yeah. Well. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, that's better. Go ahead. That's a little better? Yeah. Uh, oh, so I wrote this incredibly emotional letter. I sealed the envelope. I didn't think I was going to be reading it in front of her. And she was like, let's read it now. And I was like, That's exactly okay. what happened. <laughs> but she was incredibly cool. Just so uh, like genuine and, and awesome. There's, I feel like you can get a vibe of when people are fake excited to be somewhere or um, just, you know, it's their 900th signing and they're a little tired, but they're still pleasant. She just seemed cool as hell. So that yep. ruled. Um, but yeah, the just past the one year anniversary of that day came up. Um, wow. But yeah. Well, good times and glad to hear Thanksgiving was good. Rye Guy, how was Thanksgiving? Very good. I love food. I'm a fat guy, so I had lots of food. And I made the turkey and it turned out good, so I didn't ruin it for everyone. Which that's is, it. that's the fear, is that you ruin it for everyone. And yeah. the, just kept eating for days and days and days. Even when they were, the, the leftovers were gone, somehow I was still eating. Well, <laughs> well I mean, you know, uh, that's good. You said you smoked your turkey. I did. I put it on, I have a Traeger pellet smoker. So nice. I put it on there for a few hours. But the hard part of like doing a turkey is you got to brine it, which means you have to like boil everything. It's just a pain in the ass. And and then of course because it's the main thing on Thanksgiving, if you screw it up, everyone's gonna pay attention. And you weren't you went somewhere, right? So you bought the bird with you. It was at my parents. My I just had everything there for them. Like I did the, everything there ahead of time. Sure. And okay. that, that that way, no, I'm because last year I was gonna have to bring it. And that didn't happen because of COVID. Right. So I was like, I don't want to go through those efforts. So just do it ahead of time. So as to be ready. <laughs> so last year, what you just ate, ate that whole bird yourself. No, last year was just very small. Like, I don't know what we did. You, you guys like want to hear a good pound? one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -oh. My parents were going to bring the turkey to my sister's place and they forgot the turkey. <laughs> Quote unquote. All right. They forgot the turkey. My sister ran out and just got like turkey breast, which was fine. Let's be honest though, it's a sides holiday anyway. Like yeah. it's all about the side dishes. Um so it's it wasn't true. like the, the end of the world, but it was just very funny that they were like, I got a text because they picked me up on their way into the city, and I get a text from my dad that says, slight detour. <laughs> we forgot the bird stopping at shop right i was laughing so hard oh my god it i can't I, 
I can say this. My uh my strategy for Thanksgiving uh is uh usually it's a two plater, right? So my first plate does include the bird and some sides, and then the second plate it like, you know, I finish my first plate and then I go in for seconds. Seconds never equals more turkey. It's always just more side dishes, more stuffing, oh, yeah. uh even vegetables, more vegetables. Uh, more potato, but it's never more turkey. Turkey's the first plate, then I'm done. Then we're on to uh, onto the sides. How, where do you guys stand on cranberry sauce in general? And where do you stand on the canned stuff versus the like whole cranberries? Never touch the stuff. Um, which is weird because I like cranberry but I don't like cranberry sauce. I don't know if it's necessarily a texture thing because I don't really have many Maybe things that are like... with tomato. I love tomato uh-huh. sauce, but I hate tomatoes. I'm the same way. If you put a, toma- a slice of tomato on a sandwich or a burger, fuck off. Um, but certain salsas and like tomato sauce, yes. I don't like super chunky tomato no. sauce fuck or super chunky salsa. You know what? I'll never touch, Kate. Um the tomatoes that you put on the toast. What is that? Bruschetta? Oh, bruschetta's bullshit. Fuck off with that. No thanks. Um, so for cranberries, uh, I never touch the sauce, but I will say this. If I go somewhere, I'd better see the canned uh, cranberry okay. sauce. And I want to see it in the shape. Don't mash it up. No, Just... no, no, no. It has riches for you to... Slice along. Slice it up. Well, I mean, listen. I even I think my mom w- one year uh, had a can and she opened it up and I saw her s- flattening it out, you Ugh. know, mixing it up. And I'm like, you ruined it. You just need to uh, open the can and just let it drop out. I don't. E- you don't even need to put it on its side. Just leave it standing up. Oh my god, it's, it's a thing of beauty. I could eat that whole can to myself. I love cranberry sauce and i don't like the kind with the actual cranberry just give me gelatin whatever the fuck that is and i'm so happy (laughs) well even better i so i'm the same way with cranberry sauce but then when you come to what is it sweet potatoes i don't like them when they're actually like a sweet potato i like that that like less healthy version you get out of a packet that has uh like the sauce with it and all oh oh yeah yeah i know what you're talking about Basically, don't make it healthy. I will enjoy it if it's not healthy. I do like you do, both, but they just feel like different things. Do you guys have you seen or have you had? Because I don't know if it's like, you know, a thing across the board. But have you had um or seen like the sweet potato mash and then you bake it with the marshmallows on top? Yes, I haven't had it. I've seen it. Ew, with marshmallows on top. Yeah, it's very popular. Yeah, it's Arr. it's not something it's not something I generally like. And it's not because of like the marshmallows or the sweet potato. I actually just like a straight up sweet potato. I had a little bit of it this year, but um, what did you say? It's not my favorite thing, but I just had it. I was like, all right, it's there. I'll have hey, it. Kate, do you know that the, the, the cranberry sauce from the can has ridges for your pleasure? <laughs> yes. yes it is ribs well for your pleasure played. well um played, sir. i will uh, that say joke this. is from someone but i'm not going to give him a shout out because he doesn't go in our chat so fuck you greg 
<laughs> All right. Oh, hi, Greg. If we keep talking about food, Greg will keep listening. <laughs> We're eventually going to get to wrestling. I had two other things I wanted to mention about Thanksgiving. One is leading up to Thanksgiving. I think we were on a pie count of at one point we were going to have five or six pies for, let me see, three in my house, my two parents, that's five, my sister and her and her family, that's another four, so that's nine, and then my brother and my sister-in-law, so that's uh, 11. So for 11 of us, there was at one point going to be, I would want to say a maximum of six pies. We wound up with four, which was pretty good, because then you can have a pie flight, right? So we had, uh, my mom made a pecan pie and a pumpkin pie, and then my dad was like, uh, I'm going to order a couple pies from a place that does good pies. So we got an apple and a cherry crumb, which would not have been my first, uh, my first choice at a, another pie, but they were all pretty yeah, good. Wouldn't, I wouldn't swing at that either. I, I don't need the crumb. I don't need the crumb, but I don't generally turn down many pies. I, like Ryan, I'm a fat man. Cherry pie. I like cherry pie, but I don't like necessarily need the crumb. You, need um, the crumb. you had that? some good standards in there, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the you know, I had a flight of pie, so that was good. I love a pie I flight. <laughs> yeah, I had a pie flight. It was excellent. That rules. So that was good. And then, guys, did you do any... um? Did you do any Black Friday or Cyber Monday or any sort of shopping? I, like an asshole, bought myself a bunch of clothes. <laughs> oh, I bought myself uh, something too. Bought a new pair of shorts. They are purple and teal and yellow. Let me show you here. <clears throat> If I can get these on camera. Oh, there oh, yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. The Macho Kings. If I, I can love it. I'm going to hold these up. The Macho King. I, and then I think it's got his name on it somewhere here, too. I can't fucking figure it out. Fucking that, cool. was a, that was a sweet Ryan, chalk line buy. Did you get anything for Black Friday? Apparently, I would... I had been resisting buying wrestling shirts for a long time, mainly because I have zero space. I just don't have room for them right now. Um, and Kate bullied me. And so I went from having none to I should have about eight coming. From where? Pro Wrestling Tees? Yeah, during their deal. They're half off. Nice. You'll get them in six or months. Or whatever, 25% off, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, no, they say <laughs> they will get here before Christmas because that okay. was their whole thing. So trying to get a lot i have enough for everyone out there to support people i well, did you get so oh sorry go ahead no no um so i got who did i get i got diamante i got orange cassidy just to piss off matt <laughs> i was gonna get fuego to piss off matt but you have a fuego so i was like i don't want to double up on the piss off i'll just i could send you mine but that would piss off asian joe so i'm not gonna yeah. do that um I, mean, I got an overkill family. shirt because I want to support both Zicky Dice and Danny Jordan. Because you love Danny Jordan. Seriously. <laughs> I'm not the one having lunch with Zicky Dice, though. That's true, but I don't have There's no proof that happened, this. Ryan. There's uh, no proof. Who else did I get? I got, um, oh, what the fuck is his name? Ricky Starks. Okay. 
Oh, I don't think I, I, to, I know I got some other. I got a tag team that I like that's been on dark and I've followed all their stuff on YouTube and all. It's called TSF. I like those guys. They do a okay. vlog I like and all too. So I got their shirt. There's someone I'm missing, but I can't remember who it is. Oh, I got a best friend shirt, I think, just to get the whole group in. You didn't get a mission pro shirt? Rosa? They didn't have any. I didn't like Rose's shirts. Now she came out with that cool Bullet Club one, but that came that's not pro wrestling tees, that's someone else. But uh no, uh, Mission Pro has no shirts. I was I would have got one. That's surprising. Yeah, maybe they just surprising. don't wanna they don't wanna give the cut to PWT. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the, as soon as I buy it, then all this drama starts on Twitter about the quality of pro wrestling tees. I'm like, yeah, I don't hear the oh my gosh, get m- more well here's the thing that's been a conversation that's ongoing what a maneuver is the one that started it which is like a competing wrestling tea store because arguing about sneakers before wasn't dorky enough we're now we're arguing over wrestling shirt vendors fucking dorks so wait i have to i lied i put back the best friend shirt because i got the wingman shirt the illustrated wingman shirt I got a Danhausen shirt, but it's the one in the style of uh, CM Punk, okay. the one that Lee Moriarty designed <laughs> for him. And I, I got an LSG, and I got an LSG shirt because he had a cool design. Nice. Hey, speaking of LSG, uh, I went to WrestlePro Saturday night. You did. I did, and uh, it was Mrs. Money's um, Mrs. Money's deal. She wanted to go. Uh, to wrestle pro she's a huge sunny kiss mark and uh there was a lot of aew talent on it i mean i'm not gonna run through the whole fucking thing but i did see dante was there which is incredible (laughs) i don't know how he stayed in the gym jesus christ um (laughs) and the acclaimed who we love the acclaimed Uh, was there the acclaimed was there go ahead and i got a i got an email at 904 my shipment has shipped so there you go hey there you go look at that they must have printed a whole bunch of stuff and then were ready to us, pack it. They heard us talking shit. They were like, we don't want that quality shirt conversation to continue. No. no. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dante was there. Uh, he looked great. Um, uh, Bear Country was there. Uh, oh, right. And they looked, they looked great. And they need more time on AEW because they're fucking great. Uh, and uh, they went up against the acclaim. So there was like that tag team gauntlet. Um, <clears throat> it was like a tag team gauntlet match for the championships in wrestle pro. I don't know what they're called. They're just, I assume the tag team championships, uh, and, uh, bear country actually wound up running the gauntlet, uh, and, uh, and winning the titles. But the final match was them in the acclaimed. Uh, and it was pretty yeah, awesome. Cool. And at, at the end, you know, Bowens grabbed the mic and was, you know, they all kind of said something about, having you know ties to wrestle pro and create a pro and uh <clears throat> they didn't really get to have like a farewell because of the pandemic and all that kind of stuff so uh you know this was almost you know sort of like a farewell thing right because they never kind of were in the ring but uh, obviously bear country hold those titles now those dudes are larger than you think if you've never seen them in person holy they shit are big boys huge uh, and I was very, very close to going to that show. I was so I could feel myself being annoying about like how indecisive I was being. 
texting multiple people about it, including Ryan. I was very, very close to going and I was like, all right, I'm going to walk the dog and then I'm going to make a decision from there. And then I came inside and my apartment was so warm and I was like, I'm going to put on sweatpants and not go to that show. But I'm glad you did because that that card was loaded. You probably should have went, Kate. It was a good card and the show was pretty good. So, you well, know, cool it's is okay. There's, there's so much like there's AEW talent popping up all over now. Because like the indies are are lit, and yeah. that was the same weekend as Wrestlecade, so that's or like right after Wrestlecade. So the fact that they got that lineup while Wrestlecade was kind of just ending or whatever, but um, yeah. So well, we might as well mention it now too. Next Wednesday, program yeah. note, we're gonna yeah. be <laughs> we're gonna be in Long Island uh, for AEW Dynamite, so we won't be recording. Next Wednesday, and we're going to final battle. Uh, yes, we oh are. God, that's yeah, yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Holy that crap! That is Saturday. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of like, wait a minute, final battle. Oh yes, Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, to Kate's note, we won't be here live next Wednesday. Maybe Thursday. That's usually that's what we did last time, right? We jumped on Thursday night. Yes. So maybe Thursday. I don't know if you're around, Kate, but it's solo schlong night, people. Solo schlong night. Just that me, will never myself. happen. Just a man of the You say that, but now I have access to StreamYard. I could make it happen. <sighs> well, I hope you have all of the audio to cut in. But no, no, no. Solo schlong night doesn't have any of that. Well, well, then it will never make the air. I'll know that. Oh, it'll be on Twitter. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on Facebook. Kate, okay. why does it seem like everybody we pull in to this to program, yeah, like their head immediately grows eight sizes too large? <laughs> I don't know. We got to knock them down a peg, though, Aunt. My God. I've been, we we probably should change all the passwords now. We probably should. Just really to be gonna, safe. You, I mean, I'm here pretty much every week. You really want to do that to the one other guy who is, Aunt? <laughs> That's a very fair counterpoint. Oh, man. So anyway, we'll figure out our schedule for next week, but probably Thursday. Probably Thursday. I kept being like, oh, that's in like December. And yeah, Final I know. Battle's like in December, and I'm like, oh, shit. That's- I know. <laughs> I know. That's next week. Damn. Well, we should, I mean, we're a half hour, and we should probably talk wrestling after all this other <laughs> bullshit we talked, but. Uh... Hold on real quick, just because I agree. Oh, but- okay. We have comments, so let's. I feel bad because people are interacting, so I don't want to leave them out. Uh, Jay Shell Jay Shell said hi, mom, to Kate. So, hi, Jay Shell. I oh saw to read your letter. Matt Reichel said he's on a diet. And we're making him hungry. Deal <laughs> with it. I uh, will say, for Thanksgiving desserts aside, I was pretty healthy this year. Got your protein in. I had some mac and cheese that was indulgent, a little cranberry sauce, but I had some veggies. I did all right. Were they like what veggies that you? were candied though, like in fucking no. brown sugar and butter? No, we did um, we did carrots with a honey glaze that were very good, and then broccoli that was just olive oil. Cheddar and- broccoli, Ryan. Then a cheesy. Oh, I mean, God. Did, you, did you do rice like I do rice, which is rice and then just shit tons of butter? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. no, we did not. 
And usually, usually Kate, I'm, I'm saying usually glaze is a key word for like sugar and, you know, all the things that make a vegetable unhealthy. Oh, yeah. This was just like honey and carrots, basically. And then, yeah. And then broccoli with olive oil and coarse salt, which was actually very good. It did all right. Coarse salt? Coarse. Like the, oh, coarse. I was yeah. like, what the fuck is coarse salt? No. So I did okay. So you can have a healthy-ish Thanksgiving. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Kate. It's all portion control. Ryan, what else? We got anything aggressive. else you want to That was do? an aggressive response. Um, it was, but who tries to be healthy on Thanksgiving? I hate you people. Um, I didn't try to. It was just what was there. And then... Rob Humphrey says, what am I, what is he supposed to do after dynamite next week? Don't worry, Rob. I'll be here to lead you along. Uh, Rob, hold your breath until Thursday. We'll be on Thursday. That one. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> do that. Um, so guys, let's talk about last week's rampage. Um, and then we'll get into everything from this week. But, um, what do we have? Let's see. Uh, Adam Cole, Baby. uh, and Bobby fish. Fought, uh, fought uh, Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish defeat Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta. Um, let's see. We also had Rio versus Britt Baker. We're going to talk about this one in a minute. Uh, fucking Rio won that match. And then <laughs> uh, we had Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia. Eddie Kingston getting the win. So Kate's happy about that one. Now, um, I don't know. If we want to break this stuff down, we certainly can. Uh, that Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Arnes Cassidy, Wheeler Yuta, like, fine. I thought that was a fine match. Um, I you know. really liked... There was a lot of really good wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I was very impressed by Wheeler Yuta and Orange Cassidy working together. There were some just very, 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 very strong um tandem spots and that that for two guys that are singles guys essentially in a stable and wheeler you to not getting a ton of screen time yet i thought there was some really really great really great um sequences in there and that impressed the hell out of me i was expecting it to be good but i was very impressed by how well they all work together Sorry, muted. <laughs> no, my uh, no, Mrs. Money was using the mic and the connection was loose, so I had to re plug it in. Um, no, the uh, yeah, no, I'm with you, Kate. Like this match was 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 good. Like I don't necessarily have anything bad to say about it. Um, I would expect Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta to work well together because Orange Cassidy trained Wheeler, right? Uh, so. You would oh, think, I didn't know that actually. I think I think he trained him, or uh, they at least have worked together in the past. I don't remember the exact relationship. I think they were saying that he was a protege of Orange Cassidy at one point. But um, well, fuck it. He, go ahead. He trained him. That's a scientific fact. <laughs> we're gonna. I'm, we're I'm just in. gonna say it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Whether he kind of has now that he's been working now. with them in AEW. Say that again, Ryan. I'm sorry. Say it again. He, he yes. kind of has now that he's been working with them in AEW. Yeah, I mean, they do watch video, and then Wheeler does get choked out um, before he can really get through the video uh, portion of kind of the the post match 
uh, training. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, all these guys seem to have worked together in the past, right? Adam Cole and Bobby Fish have teamed together. Orange Cassidy and Wheeler are familiar with each other. So it, it makes sense to me that this would have been a, a good match. I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about it. And I think the outcome was exactly what we would have, would have expected. Um, so I don't necessarily have too much to say. Ryan, do you have anything you want to add about that or no? No, I like what's going on between Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy because as much as Orange Cassidy is doing his joke stuff, it's become, I mean, I say this every feud, but they're really nailing it this time where he's doing it specifically to piss off Adam Cole, which really makes it work that much better. And that goes into tonight even. But when his joke stuff is used to piss off an opponent, it makes the what follows after work way better. And Adam Cole is just great at selling that, like that true anger of fuck you. I'm here to, to be serious, even though everything he does has comedy to it. It's great. Right. <clears throat> you know, we should also mention that uh, after that match, Shivani interviewed Tony Nice, and uh, Nice is going to be making his TNT debut in a TNT championship match against Sammy Guevara uh, next. Well, this Friday, sorry, uh, on rampage. Uh, saw Nice, by the way, at WrestlePro. He also looked good. I thought it took him a little too long to put away whoever he was wrestling. Of course. Macintosh? No, he was not wrestling Macintosh. That was a three-way Macintosh and Dante Martin and somebody else. Um, But um, no, Nice looked really good. And I will say Mrs. Money, he gained a new fan in Mrs. Money. Uh, She she was like, what's that? Did you see the abs? Oh yeah, she was like, "This is, <laughs> this is like what Pac would be if he had a face to match." You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so we're gonna get Nice Sammy Guevara in a TNT Championship match. Uh, nice got a uh, got the best of Guevara uh, there because Guevara stepped in and then Nice kind of sucker punched him and put his knee on his rib. So that was pretty fun. Um, uh, and then uh, this is what I want to talk about. Uh, Riho versus Britt Baker. This is exactly Kate. You weren't here last week, but this is exactly what I said would would happen. Ryan's Ryan tried to say, "Oh, I was just saying there's no way Rio wins because I knew what was going to happen." You could ask we, Kate. I sent her a text. We I were said, Kate, on I know the air. This. He w- he had to be following live Twitter, uh, which is I... the dorkiest thing ever. What a nerd! Man. Okay, again. You're hosting a wrestling podcast with me. You have zero room to talk. <laughs> Literally zero. You have a Ghostbusters and Wolfpack thing behind you. Sure. Literally no room to talk on anything. All right, cool. I Becker. read this. I, I wasn't following along, but as soon as you brought it up and how mad you would be, I started, I Googled instantly and saw the result because it was the first thing that came up. And I was like, what would piss Ann off the most if he really thinks this won't happen? And then it, Ryan, how I said it's going to happen. I didn't have any thought in my brain that it wasn't going to happen. And I'm so glad it did. So, Kate, this was um, something that I said I don't want to happen because it's another one of these bullshit builds to something that's not going to go anywhere with Brit. Like, I just hate this. I don't like this. You've got to beat them to earn your match, and then you're going to get another match to win the belt, and you're not going to win the belt. She's not taking this fucking thing off Brit. I hate that they're doing this with Brit. They're not putting her in some longer story, and I know there's the whole thing with Thunder Rosa. Like, I get it, but it's not at the forefront. 
because you know Rose is in, in the tournament. Like I just, I fucking hate this. I do not like this. Well, well Brit has three stories going on right now. She has this mini story with Riho. Hate it. Which actually goes back to the fact that she's never beat Riho. She Still has a long, long, long story with Thunder Rosa. And now she has the Jamie Hader story, which was clear as day tonight that they're playing into that. So she has three stories going on right now. But to Ant's point, there's no buy-in to the idea that Riho is going to beat Britt Baker for the title. So, yes, there are some good things happening in that when Riho wins, it's always these sneaky little things, right? As far as the match goes, the match was actually fine. Um, except for there are some things, and I don't have a problem with someone being super small, like size disparity-wise, because we see it with, with men all the time. But what I do have a problem with is when someone doesn't play to the move set that works within that. Like, Riho should not be throwing forearms or punches ever. Like, that doesn't work. The bridges, submission stuff. I have no problem with somebody doing a crossbody off the ropes because even if you're 90 pounds, if it's falling directly on you, that's going to hurt. Um, so the match was fine. But this does go back to the bigger issue. Though, if this is the issue in the women's division compared to where we were five months ago, I'll take it. But this challenger of the month club thing that Ant's talking about, I'm I'm totally with you on that. Like, there's just no way Riho's taking the title off. And so it's impossible for me to buy into anything because it's just so obvious what's coming down the mountain and that's Thunder Rosa and that's going to be awesome when it happens. I hate champions getting pinned on television. I do like the proving ground thing like that ROH was doing. This is basically that of to earn a title shot, you have to beat me. That works, but... And Ryan probably has less of a problem with this because Riho's been getting wins on Dark. Like, she, her trajectory has been there, but not for people that aren't actively watching Dark <laughs> and Elevation so much. Um, but it's just, there's... I would so much rather them have built out a longer program with either Ruby Soho or with Chris Statlander because that match at All Out was so good. So, so good. Where it's like, at least sow a seed of doubt that somebody is going to take the, the belt off of Brit. So I'm with you and that, like, the match was fine. They are alluding to a bigger story, which is good. Like, every time she's won, it's been sneaky and she Brit has never beat Riho, which is, like, that's all good. Um, but I, I'm with you in that it just feels like we're biding time until we get to the Thunder Rosa match. Like, if it was Soho or Statlander, you might be like, well, maybe they're going to pull one over on us or something. Like, there's believability there. That being okay. said, like, this is by far the most development we've ever seen in the women's division between the tournament actually leading to some stories and them at least referencing things that have, like, happened in the past. Like, this is good forward movement, but this this Challenger of the Month thing also is not working for me. Okay, the only thing I'm going to argue here is, and I, I'm not a big fan of necessarily the Challenger of the Month, except when you look at Kenny's run, he had a similar thing where everyone knew Hangman was going to be the one to take the belt off of him. So anytime he wasn't Hangman he was going against, no one expected Kenny to lose. So this is kind of what they do with their champions, which is we have to give them matches. We don't want them to face the person that's going to take it off of them, so or someone that could do it in 
how many so we have to give them these challengers also rio is a former champion so it makes sense that she could get shots and they had the built-in story of the weird way she was not eliminated from the battle royal they had a built-in thing for essentially this isn't your pay-per-view match this is to get you to you know another week i i think thunder rosa is the match and you can't argue that that's not one of the longest stories they've told in the entire company. I get, I would like longer term storytelling for Brit, but that's more give each challenger a little longer, not necessarily who the challengers are because they did the same thing with Kenny, which is I never believed the challenger was beating Kenny until they got to Hangman. So it's to me, it's not a matter of who the challengers are. It's just spread them out a little longer. But my argument to the whole Brit Thunder Rosa thing is that that long-term story, quote-unquote, is so far in the background that it's sort of getting lost in the shuffle. Like, the Hangman uh, Kenny Omega thing, you know, that whole story was still kind of on the surface. Like, Hangman, that was always his running theme. Thunder Rosa, this hasn't been her constant theme as I'm chasing Britt Baker, even if Britt Baker's not acknowledging my existence. Like it, it pops up every now and again, depending on when they need it to pop up. That's my only beef with this. Like I would I just say, don't see- Thunder Rosa mentions Brit more than Kenny uh, than Hangman mentioned Kenny. But- yeah, I, I actually agree with Ryan on that. I feel like because of all of the tournament shenanigans, they've used that as a device where this does feel very much in the forefront. It's just been in the forefront for a shorter amount of time because Thunder Rosa was out with a concussion. I think. See, I I disagree because Thunder Rosa's whole focus right now is this TBS tournament. She might mention Brit, but she's focused on the tournament. So to me, this doesn't feel like Thunder Rosa's chasing the title. Thunder Rosa right now is chasing the TBS tournament to get that belt. Something's going to happen and she's not going to get through. And, you know, that's going to be the catalyst to put her on Brit's, you know, Brit's path. But I just I just don't think that it's at the forefront as much as it probably should have been to continue to remind us that Thunder Rosa's really trying to get this championship belt because right now Thunder Rosa is not focused on it, clearly. And we saw Thunder Rosa tonight, and we'll talk about that when it comes up in our Dynamite recap, but it wasn't about the t- championship. It was about the TBS. It was about that TBS belt. Yeah, but... For me, this is just for me, like as a matter of taste, if you're constantly going after, like if the tournament has you against one of Brit's lackeys and you've had like three matches with Jamie Hayter or whatever, that's like close enough for me. Um, But you're right in that the focus isn't on the feud. The focus is on a different title. So so I, I see where you're coming from with that. That's like a, a very understandable point. But to me... Like, I, I think we are going to see either some sort of interference or pre-match beatdown that justifies Thunder Rosa not advancing, right? So it's like, if you're still interacting with those people enough, that's that for me is enough to say, like, because as much as it's about Brit's title, it's about the personal venom that they've had for each other since they were taking tax spots, right? Almost <laughs> like 10 months ago. So for me... And uh, only for myself, just as a matter of taste, like that, that is enough because I've seen her Rosa, like frog splash or crossbody or whatever, Jamie Hayter, like three times and just absolutely flatten her like a pancake. But 
I also think this goes back to the problem of like we just have such a short amount of time with women's wrestling in general on television that like there's less opportunity to remind us of those things, right? So, but for me, it's it's not a lack of them interacting. It's a it's an obvious overture. <laughs> the thing with Kenny is, um, you know, even though he was kind of challenger of the month club, there was so much going on with the elite. And and no offense to Burt Baker, she's come so far. Kenny Omega is just the best in the world to ever <laughs> like he's just he's just so great at this yeah i can't even say that anymore because danielson's in the same company so he might not even be the best in AEW. but like his ring acumen is just so good that i feel like even though i wasn't buying in i was just blown away by so much of what was happening stylistically the different types of matches that we were getting um you know, all the way from the non-exploding cell up, up through him dropping. Like, I think Kenny was just like the the his ability in the ring is so insane combined with what it was doing to elevate the elite and, and to move that stable along combined with Adam Cole joining at the pay-per-view. Like there's it was just handled with a little bit more um, intent, but. I, I feel like the the fix would have been really simple. Extend the feud with Ruby Soho or extend the feud with Chris Tatlander. Just do something that makes me think, oh shit, maybe it isn't the super obvious thing. Give me something that's at least makes me raise an eyebrow at it. Give me that, a, that's where I agree. <laughs> I don't like I don't agree that they have to bring in challengers we think will win because that wasn't the case with Kenny. I do agree you shouldn't be bringing in a challenger on a two week build. Give each challenger some more time. And that stretches things even further. And now, even though, even though you know Bert will win, it doesn't feel as quick of a turn. Like, it doesn't feel as quick. Like, each person, each person she beats gets more over them because they've been involved right. in a great feud. I completely agree that I'm just saying I don't worry so much about who she beats because at the same, that's literally the one thing AEW does is they protect their champions to a level that. You kind of know who's going to beat them, but it's not a bad thing because they're telling a story to get there. I think I do wonder if Thunder Rose's concussion screwed up some of the story because she was off all programming for a while. So maybe there was many feuds in there that she just didn't get in. But either way, Riho is great. She should be champion. Um, Do a special shout out to Ant. I also think that commentary should have played up a little bit more that Riho was the first women's champion like they alluded to it a few times but I was watching and I felt like they didn't really talk about the fact that she's a champion they didn't really bring any of her Joshi history into very much here so commentary butchers Riho I'm gonna be honest they that I like commentary a lot for a lot of wrestlers Riho is someone I think they let down they bring up her size way too much they do not hype up how good she can be at certain things I think they let her down they definitely did on Friday. I think that if they maybe had done something differently with this outcome instead of a sneaky win, like maybe Britt gets counted out, right? Like she decides to leave because she's on the verge of getting pinned and, you know, kind of shows a little bit of fear. Maybe it helps this whole thing a little bit, right? It 
kind of gives you an idea like Brit has that doubt. But that's, you know, it's not what they did. So we'll see. I don't know. They didn't say when this match is going to happen. My assumption is uh, winter is coming. But if it's not, it would have to be battle for the belts like that first week of uh, of January. There's really not still a whole lot of detail about that show. Um, I heard that it might only be an hour. Did anybody else hear that? I heard that rumor. Which would be crazy. Don't what? they have the conclusion of the TBS title? That's at the, we're going to see that in Newark. At the oh, okay. Dynamite. First Dynamite on TBS is going to take place in Newark on January, what is that, 8th? Um, and when is the Battle of the Belts? What date? It's after that. It might be that weekend. Uh, hold on, let me take a look. So the first uh, TBS Dynamite is January 5th. Uh, it might be on the 8th or the 15th. I don't remember off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. Wow. But yeah, the rumors were... Very badly. The rumors were from, I think it was Meltzer. Yeah, Rob just yeah. said Meltzer was reporting it would be an hour. The rumor is that that show's only going to be an hour on a Saturday night <clears throat> in prime time, which, I mean, I get it, right? But at the same time, I don't. They have enough to fill two hours, right? Like you have, you have, essentially, you have five belts. You're five right? at that point, yeah. You have five belts TBS, TNT, those are your minor belts, the tag teams, and the two world championships. So you could easily fill two hours with those five matches. Doesn't seem like if it's an hour they're going to do that. They'll pick also, three. Like, come on, bring in people from other promotions and their belts. Have the AAA ones. Like, if you're gonna have the Forbidden Door be open, you might as well have the championships. I'd be pissed off if if I went flipped it on. Oh, about it for the belt and it's an hour, because then some belt I like is not going to be defended, and it's like what? Oh, unless here? I wonder if they're gonna give us like a some pre-show buy-in bullshit to it too where it's actually going to be like an hour and a half or two hours it's also sort of weird because you can just be on tv right Point, Michelle. give me ricky starks on my television duh oh yeah well ft ftw is not a recognized title anywhere it's on um, the website now <laughs> but it's not recognized it's not a recognized title i don't recognize um, it no, um, except it's Starks who's got it, so we should recognize it. Anyway, we can move on from this Rio Britt Baker stuff. The final match was Eddie Kingston and uh, and Daniel Garcia, and Eddie Kingston does wind out with the win, but uh, post-match 2.0 storm the ring to attack Eddie. Uh, and then Chris Jericho runs in from commentary to uh, run them off. Um, Eddie doesn't really know what to make of Jericho's save. The show goes off the air, but apparently Eddie is yelling, I didn't want your help. I don't need your help to Jericho. Uh, so, um, listen, I love this match. I love Daniel Garcia. I mean, I like Eddie too, right? But Daniel Garcia is the fucking future, man. I mean, I say it, I think every week we talk about Daniel Garcia. We saw him in Philly live. He was fucking great. He might have uh, been the most over. Yeah. Even with the guys he was in the ring with. Like, I remember kind of nudging you schlong and being like do you see the way brody king is kind of like saying holy shit after everything he did in the ring like he you know it was a it was like a six person tag match and literally as daniel garcia is doing shit in the ring brody king is turning to whoever the other partner was on the on the apron and just going like holy shit 
you know, about everything Daniel Garcia was doing. So, um, Danny's great. Uh, Jay Shell says that uh, Danny is the future. You're uh, 17, Jay Shell. Her You're future not husband. Him. I mean, listen. You know, she can, she can, uh, she can marry him if she wants to. No, she can not under my roof, right? But a point about Garcia that uh, Sean made over at Fight Club that I agree with, which is something I very much appreciate, is there's some wrestlers. And Garcia figured it out very early that always look like they're trying to win the match. And he's one of those guys. And I, I love that from a psychology standpoint. Like, you're not going to see him go to the top rope to do a coffin drop when he could just pin someone right there. And we've seen some really, really good stuff with that. I forget who he had in his hands. Um, it was like a post-match run-in from somebody and he kind of looked up the ramp like, oh, that guy's coming. And then just started decking the shit out of whoever he, right. he was holding on to. Like, he always looks like he's trying to inflict the most pain on people. And, like, he is, he's just always trying to win, which is a really refreshing thing to see in somebody so young in, in this generation of wrestling, especially. So whilst Shell will have to wait until she's 30 to marry him, young lady. He is a, a good egg to to focus in on. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's great. Eddie is obviously Eddie. And I just really appreciated the build to this because all Eddie wanted to do was eat. Like he just wanted his cake, which is something that I find very relatable. Let me eat, eat my cake in peace. And I'll probably throw hands if you keep me from doing that. So I, I really liked this main event. It was really good. What I love is, oh, sorry, Aunt, do you want to go or do you? All I was going to say was if Eddie came over for Thanksgiving, he would have been able to have four slices of pie uninterrupted. Partner, four slices, partner. It's not far from Yakis. <laughs> go ahead, Ryan. As long as I love what, what they're doing with Garcia in the sense that 2.0, they're not as lackeys, but they play that role. Of, like They're the comedy. They're the jokesters kind of getting them in trouble. They're the talkers. But Garcia is the killer. He's the one that they... They're throwing into the matches. He's their threat. Like if if they mess with you, Garcia is the one who has to answer the call. It's subtle, but that's such a good way to build him up as someone to worry about because a group always picks their killer to be their their the guy that they throw into a match, and they choose Garcia. So you know that Garcia is their killer, and then they he put they put him in matches with great guys, and he he may lose, but he does awesome. But it's just to me, I just love that whole package of like these two are jokesters. He can joke with them, but they don't wrestle. He does. He's the one when they need someone beat that they send. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's listen, I have no problem with 2.0 because they can do the whole, you know, funny kind of tough guy thing backstage. But when they get in the ring, you know, they're they're pretty much all business, right? Uh, they do some of the funny stuff kind of on the outside of the ring, like when, you know, they were kind of feuding with Sting and Darby, right? And they'd kind of put their hands up and be like, whoa, 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 don't, you know, don't touch me. But like then when it comes down to the ring work, you know, they're they're all business. So I don't have a problem with 2.0. Oh, they're great workers, too. I'm not trying yeah. to say they're not. I'm just saying, like, if you look at even like um, MJF and his group or whatever, they send Wardlow out when it's supposed to be like. Basically, the heater, the guy that's going to beat you up. For them, it's Garcia. Now, I know he doesn't have the size of Wardlow, but in another way, that just tells you how good and dangerous they view him. I think it's something subtle, but it's, I love subtle stuff like that. 
that's what I was going to say is you also part of why that works is I truly believe that Daniel Garcia could kick someone's ass. <laughs> like it's yeah. not, it's not just that they're setting him up that way. It's that they're setting him up that way. And he's that kind of guy who's going to follow through and, and deliver on that. So I'm totally with you. Hey, your Kate hate, hates her by the way now, uh, because Danny will be proposing to Jay shell when she turns 18 and he sees wow. her at all out. So just wow. want you to know that's aggressive. And if anything, I'm, CM Punk's best friend. How dare you? I will say Daniel Garcia, very nice person. Uh, I Don't was able to. Her. I was I was able to say hello in Philly uh, when we saw him. He was a very nice fellow. Was just wasn't he just wandering around? No, no, no. He was hanging out with somebody. Oh, okay. Um, with somebody by um, by the merch table, and uh, <laughs> I was in line to get a drink or something, and. Uh, Somebody was talking to me about my my Bret Hart jacket, screaming just falsehoods about not getting the hype around Bret Hart. I just don't understand that. But um, and they were like, "Oh, that guy looks familiar." I'm like, "It's fucking Daniel Garcia." <laughs> like, what the f- <laughs> what the fuck were you doing? Um, but anyway, um, well, Rampage was fun. Apparently, it didn't do great in the ratings. Black, you know, Black Friday and all. But what are you gonna expect on a Friday after a holiday? Uh, I thought it was a pretty fun show. Matches were pretty good. Um, so, guys, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about dynamite. We're going to talk about some other things that happened this week. I think we're going to take a short break, though. Uh, and, and Kate, are you are you aware? Because Ryan wasn't really doing this last week. Are you aware that um, we're on the Shining Wizards Network? What? Yeah, we're on the Shining Wizards Network. Us, this show right now. The Mark yeah. Order Podcast is on the Shining Wizards Network. This show is part of the Shining Wizards Network, which the Shining Wizards started 10 years ago. Are uh, there any know. other fantastic shows on that network? You know what, Kate? There are some other fantastic shows on the network. Did yeah, you no. Did you know that? You didn't I know had, that. No. Because you asked not. the question. I did. So why don't you sit back, Kate? Relax. Listen to some of these words from the other great shows that are part of the Shining Wizards Network. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb. And every week we bring you a fist full of metal. 
including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Brea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audioboom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Journey is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of The Midnight Journey podcast hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network, where three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? All righty then. We're back on the Mark Order podcast. All right, Ace Ventura. So, alrighty then. I have uh, something rolling on my phone, like uh, you know, something on live TV, and it's AMC. I guess uh, Christmas Vacation's on. I just noticed this commercial for. I guess they're showing a bunch of like John Candy movies this weekend. Here's my only beef: they include National Lampoon's Vacation in that list. And I'm like, he's in that movie for like 10 minutes at the end. I just don't understand it. Sorry. I had to get it off my chest. It's understandable. Don't, don't tell me it. it's his movie when he's only there for a minute. He's literally at the end. Sorry, folks. Park's closed. Moose out front should have told you. And then like, that's it. You know, he's. Yeah, but that's a big role. Well, your mic cut out, Ryan. I didn't mute you. Yeah, it cut out because I was messing with it. But that's a big <laughs> role at the end. <laughs> 
I mean, 10 minutes, max 15. Anyway. Uh, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. We don't need to. Barf. Yeah, we don't need yeah. to worry about that. Let's kill momentum. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, guys, um, cheap plug for ourselves here. We got these stickers. Yeah, we do. Free stickers from the Mark Porter podcast. Thanks for stealing my thunder, Kate. Uh, Jay Shell asked us to send some stickers uh, out to her last week. I got them out ASAP. She got them pretty quickly. I was actually surprised. So thanks, Jay Shell, for reaching out to us. And thanks to everybody else. Uh, who's requested some free stickers. If you want yours, all you got to do is reach out to us uh, on our social platforms at Mark Order Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you can direct message us. Just shoot us a DM with your name and address. We'll send them anywhere worldwide. So just let us know where you want us to send them, and I'll get them out to you ASAP. Uh, guys, you know what time it is? Is it no. time to learn about all of the exciting shows on the Shining Wizards Network? It's not. It's oh, we time. Just, we, just did, we did that. God. Yeah, I know. We did it. Is it time for the rankings? It is, and nobody's going to rap them. No rapping tonight. No rapping. Fine. Well, you can. You want to rap them, Kate? No, not anymore. See? Didn't think so. Was gonna, I, but now you're like nobody's rapping. Oh yeah, sure. If you want to rap him, Kate, you can. What did you do to my name, you <laughs> son of a bitch? <gasps> How did you just notice that? It's been I quit. Like that for a while. I quit. I quit. I won't do it again if you wrap the rankings. No, I don't want to rap now. I'm upset. All right. Well, then we're just going to go through them pretty quickly. Rankings on fire. Hangman's number one. The champion. All right. Let's. With Daniel Sun. What? As number one. You know what rapping is? This is not rapping. I don't rap. I sing. Can we just. a song in my heart. No, let's just go through this quickly. Our champions on the men's side are. Adam Page and Sammy Guevara, number one ranked is uh, obviously Brian Danielson. Number two is Kenny Omega. At some point, he's going to have to drop out because he will be on the shelf for a little bit. Uh, number three, Scorpio Sky. Four, Jungle Boy. And five, Miro. Don't know where what the fuck is going on with the men's rankings. Clearly, they need shake up. So we'll see what happens there. What are you doing, all right, the women's rankings. Britt Baker's our champion. Number one is obviously Riho since she won her. Uh, her name uh, is Rio, and she dances. Now you're not just, even trying. I know. I just want to stop being dead. That's become my game. You guys then wonder every week why this show's like eight hours long. It's because. Kills 18 and oh, only up is where she'll go. Thunder Rosa is 30 and three. Champion. Will she be? Nyla Rose, 24 and 5, toward the bottom, but still alive. Then there's Christette, 18 and 2. Going up, is that what she'll do? Boom. God, I'm good. <sighs> okay, so Kate, if you'd like to take us through the tag team. 
I just want to point out that me rapping sped something along. <laughs> well, speed it along then. Are you going to rap these? Which bros are your champions? The young Bucks are 10 and 2. They're <laughs> uh, Santana and Ortiz at 15 and 3. I hope they climb up the rankings to get a title shot. The Gun Club, 9 and 0 in the 3 slot. Wait a minute. FDR. What the hell is going on? I'm just reading them. You just them. reading them. Oh my God! You're not even telling people where people are in the rankings. Jesus! You just started spouting things out. I go from I go from in ascending well, order. I go from the bottom to the top. From the so bottom now, he's here. Well, FTR then you... is fourteen and three in the number two <laughs> slot, and Lucha Express, or Jurassic right. Express, is twelve and three. My goodness! At the top of the rankings. It does help it if you tell people. the bottom now. She's here. It does help you if you say five to the number champion. five is the Young Bucks. Because you were just like, Young Bucks, 10 and 2. Well, figure it out. I go in ascending order. And if you can't figure it out from the actual records, learn how to do a math. Do a math. Well, figure it out, bitch. the Let's... comments love me. Thank you much. Rob Humphrey's asking when my mixed take is dropping. I'm going to work with Leo Rush on some stuff. <laughs> Mike Pierce and... gave me street cred. I don't know if he's like qualified to give out street cred based on his performance last week when he tried to bury me for not being here. Just a lot of simping going on in the in the chats for Kate's one really and popular. A, for Kate's half rap for a half rap. And then when she you're gave CM up. Punk's best friend. Oh my god! Let's let's do a dynamite. Uh, <laughs> let's do dynamite. Uh, so getting into uh, Dynamite tonight, we open up with... Um... Sorry, I just saw Joe Scott Steiner mathing the rankings. I mean... Well, there's a 33 and a third chance that the Young Bucks are going to get a title shot. We can move on to Dynamite. That just popped me huge. Clearly. Hold on, I lost my spot. Here we go. So, um... Dynamite opens up. Our first match of the night is Allen Five Angels versus the American Dragon Brian Danielson. Worth mentioning, though, um, that um, as the show opens, Exc- Excalibur wishes Jim Ross well during his medical leave. We'll talk about that in a few minutes here uh, with our news and notes, but I'm sure most people know Jim Ross was not at the desk tonight. Um, and Justin Roberts being absent, too. Yes. Justin Roberts was absent, but I don't know if I've, I haven't seen or heard anything, but they did say our thoughts are with him and his family. So hopefully, um, you know, things are as well as they can be, but, uh, hangman does come out to join commentary for the opening match. The, uh, the stipulation for hangman being out there is that he is not allowed to interfere in the match. Uh, and, uh, he is not allowed to touch him and, uh, Brian Danielson are not allowed to touch. Uh, so as we get into the match here, let's just cut to the end. Uh, Brian Danielson does win sub- by submission with a heel hook. So a different submission getting the win for Danielson tonight. Uh, he hangs on after the bell. Uh, and then Shivani goes in to uh, interview him in the ring. Uh, Brian says it's uh, hard to tell because if that's the best Atlanta's got, he whooped his ass, kicked his head in, and snapped his MCL to boot. Uh, last week he knocked Cole Cabana's teeth out. Sorry, Kate. This week he uh, destroyed Allen's knee. Next week he heard there's a Dark Order member from Long Island, and he's going to stomp his head in two. 
And in two weeks in Dallas, Texas, he's going to take the AEW World Championship from Hangman Adam Page. Uh, and that's when he where he shows the world it's not cowboy shit, it's coward shit. So, uh, you know, the news did break today. We're going to get in two weeks at uh, Winter's Coming, the title shot on free television, Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page. Uh, and uh, this is when Adam Page gets up to confront Danielson, but John Silver runs out to remind him that he can't touch Brian tonight, but Johnny Hungy can, and that's what he's going to do. So he runs uh, to the ring, but Danielson uh, runs away, calls Silver a joke, uh, and then he gets in Adam Page's face and says he'd love to kick his ass tonight, but these fans don't deserve it, and they go to break. So... Uh, Kate, honors to you. What did you think the match, and what did you think about the uh, post match? Uh, I thought the match was great. I really like seeing, like, I like an unmasked Alan Angels myself. Like his facial expressions added a lot. I thought he was really great at selling in this match. I, I thought it was really strong. Uh, Danielson chopped the ever loving shit out of him. I love him switching up finishers feel like you should save a heel hook for when you're fighting hook. That'll probably be down the line for a title, I can only assume. But I think this is great. I certainly didn't have, uh, you know, Danielson turning heel before Punk on my AEW bingo card. I said before that again, six months ago, I didn't think either of them were even going to be in this promotion. But this heel turn for Danielson is really, really working. Like, I think everybody's always regarded him as one of the best technical wrestlers in the world and like decent enough on the mic. This has been really good because it's just been some minor adjustments. And I'm really, really glad that the crowd was smart enough to play along because this was the first like, Hey, I'm a heel. I'm coming out of the heel tunnel. Now. I, uh, I, I just, I've, I've loved this from Danielson. I think it's a great way to, continue this and i love him running through the dark order i thought that's what we were going to get with kenny but it just also solidifies their friendship so i i love this and i love that we selfishly i love that we get to see johnny hungy and danielson uh on long island so this was a a great opener and hard-hitting and i think that you know we talk about like this young talent and I think we forget about people that are in stables by nature of what they do. Alan Angel's 23 and he's real good. So as we're talking about like the pillars growing into walls and the next pillars coming up behind them, Alan Angel's might not necessarily be one of those pillars, but I just thought that, uh, you know, he, he looked great and he's super young too. So his name should be in those conversations of, of young talent that's coming up. Yeah. Um, Alan Angels, I don't think, gets enough credit for how good he is in the ring. I mean, if you watch the Darks, he's been on the Darks uh, a bunch, and you can really see what he's got. But this was a nice look for him on TV tonight against a big name, um, even though he didn't come away with the win. He looked really good. Uh, and, yeah, Kate, I agree with you. You know, we were kind of talking about it last week a little bit, how um, – you know, this is kind of what we thought we'd get out of Kenny running through the Dark Order, but with all Kenny's injuries, it probably explains why they didn't do that kind of stuff uh, because he uh, he needs some time to heal. So uh, love this out of Danielson. Uh, Ryan, any thoughts here on the first match and the post-match? So 
match was great. I'm a big Allen Angels fan uh, because I do watch the Darks, and he's on there a lot. And again, like you just said, if you watch him on there, you, you can't help but realize how great he is as a talent. Um, very, he wrestles a unique style because he's a bit of a high flyer. But then tonight against Danielson, he was hitting hard. Like he he initiated some very hard chops. He was so he kind of floats that style. It cracks me up that he's completely bald at twenty three. The poor guy. Um, Makes him look a little bit older, which isn't a bad thing because I'd rather look older when I'm younger because then people take you a little bit more seriously. Um, but he's great. The post-match stuff, Danielson is an amazing heel because he comes off like such a prick and you just want to punch him. Um, I love that they said why Hangman couldn't touch Danielson. I love that kind of small care of a stipulation just because otherwise, why isn't he? Um, but then I love that Johnny Hungy comes down and is like, but I can. Like, Now, I have a question. Does anyone else think Johnny Hungy has short arms? He really looks like he has almost like T-Rex arms. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that in the past, to be honest, Ryan. He does look like he's got short arms, but uh, maybe it's just because he's so bulky. You know what I mean? Um, that definitely adds to it, but I just I laugh because you see these giant muscles and then just tiny little arms off of them. Like from the elbow down, it's like he's got nothing. They're just stuck. I can see it. I can see it. Um, real quick, Jay Shell, you say you're interviewing his girlfriend. Who's his girlfriend? I am very curious to see who Alan Angel's dating. I care about this stuff. I am the TMZ of wrestling. Um, Kate is muted somehow. She doesn't even know it. Yep. Isn't he dating one of the renegade gals? But he's taking a lot of pictures with that uh, that girl who just got hurt, hurt Brooke Havoc. Well, yep, Brooke Havoc. See, Brooke Havoc. nailed it. Twitter tells me everything. Man, um, Ryan has and, turned into this weird, like Twitter TMZ guy. Honestly, you know the only reason I know that is not even tw- well. I'm going to own it is because of the build up to the Danielson feud. She posted a funny meme of how he was going to die. And he responded to it, and then like I could see all their stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, because he was gonna die. Well, Alan was gonna become an angel. I think you just keep very close attention. Listen, on I, that might lead you to Danny Jordan at some point. That's what I think. No, that's no inroad there. You sure knew that though. It's <laughs> very true. Sure. He was very quick sure. to be like, oh, there's yeah. no, it's. Hmm. Apparently they're cute on TikTok. I do not have TikTok. Well, the Mark Order does. You can find us on TikTok at Mark Order Pod. I know that much. I don't run the Mark Order TikTok. I only do Twitter. It's all right. We don't have much content on TikTok, but we're there, baby. We're there. If I were on TikTok, yeah. it would just be me singing uh, Kesha song TikTok the entire time. Okay, we got to do more TikToks. Maybe uh, when we're in Long Island. On, That's true. Uh, we have to be careful because we have two strikes because apparently bonfires yeah are like graphic and violent (laughs) yes it was apparently unsafe for children even though i saw some some lady on there today when i opened it up to put our you know our promo post on for what's on the card tonight uh i saw some lady who was half naked wearing like i don't know pots and pans who was like drumming on herself i was like but this is okay all right well it's tiktok if she's white and dancing it doesn't matter what she wears <laughs> i guess so uh all right we come back for commercial and uh we get a, a video promo from miro who is in a white void 
much like John Oliver was in the void during uh, the pandemic on last week tonight. But he's cutting a promo thanking his God for revealing to him what a dick he really is. Uh, that the line has been drawn and the Redeemer will storm the gates of heaven and make the floors run red. And uh, basically that's it. So speaks the Redeemer. Um, so we haven't seen Miro since he lost um, in the singles tournament uh, for the um, for the AEW title shot against Danielson. Um, I love this character. I just wish we got to see more of him doing something. Um, I think he is battling a minor injury. Because remember in that match against Danielson, how the leg that he strategically did not go after was all taped up? Yeah. I think yeah. I think he's legit banged up because he... Like, this promo that we got out of him today would have made sense to get right after the pay-per-view or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think it, it just reeks of like maybe he's he's got a shoe injury that's not something that's gonna put him on the shelf but like probably gonna be out of the ring for a little bit yeah i mean i don't know what's going on i mean i still you know injury or not i still want to see more of him on tv this was so cool like it was was so rad and i he's he's angry he told god to fuck off basically like how don't you love that ah He's Slap. awesome. Ryan, you got anything <laughs> to say about this promo? So my qu- I love it. I mean, I won't argue that I don't love that I don't love the promo. But my question is, where does it go? Cuz like, are we going back to old school WWE here where he fights God? I mean, are we doing one of those angles, Vince McMahon versus God, Nero versus God? God is I mean, 2-0. Um, yeah, God is 2-0. He's Well, or does he come he out and right. an angels cuz he's called an angel? Should be ranked, Kate. You're right. Um, I don't know where they go from here with Miro. I mean, I would still like to see something happen with Miro and Kip Sabian because that story never kind of completed, right? Like, he kind of took Kip Sabian out, and that was the end of that. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on with Kip Sabian. We're going to talk about some upcoming stuff uh, with contracts a little bit later, so maybe that has to deal with it. But uh, either way... Just want to see more of Miro. This character is great. The promos are good. Let's just hope he's not like injured or uh, they just can't figure out kind of where to insert him because I think you can pretty much put him in any picture and he'll shine. So I think it's very possible he could be going after Hangman after Danielson. Like that seems like a very natural progression to me. He dropped the TNT title. He's now pissed at God. Like it the timing of it might line up with, okay, a couple of weeks and Danielson's out of there. Miro could very reasonably make himself a, a next challenger. And I'm not always one for return shots, but if he wants to go after Sammy again, by all means, give us a rematch for that. That's fine. Like if he's going to take a couple of losses and it's just going to make him more and more and more and more pissed at God, but they're good losses. I'm here for that. So like that that would make sense to me. Like he's pissed at God and then he loses his uh world championship shot, he's gonna be more pissed at God. Like I could see a couple of losses doing really, really fun things for his character. Well, I do know that um I do know that 
you know, obviously winter is coming right on the whatever December episode uh, into two weeks. So what is that? Uh, sorry, eight fifteenth. The fifteenth of December is winter is coming, right? So we're getting Danielson and uh, and uh, Hangman Adam Page, and then you're gonna this belt has to be on Battle for the Belts. Like it's gotta be. So if they're doing challenges for their own titles, which we don't really know what they're doing on the show, but if they do like challengers for their own titles, every, you know, like titles are on the line, then they've got to line somebody up for whoever the champion is. We're assuming Adam page um, at battle for the belts, but maybe they swerve us. And this is going to be a kind of champion versus champion show, right? Like, uh, NWA champion versus AEW champion or, you know, triple a or whoever, but you know, we'll see what happens either way. I, I don't hate the idea Kate of Miro being kind of the next monster up for Adam page. I don't know if you could do it that quickly because Miro hasn't been doing anything, but we'll see. I don't necessarily. The only thing you said was a return on the TNT title. I don't necessarily need to see him do that because I think, you know, like the open kind of challenge on uh, on the TBS or I'm sorry, TNT championship could maybe pull in some cool things. Right. There's a lot of guys hanging out there right now. Yeah. Um, so they could maybe pull in some guys to do a shot here and there. But uh, either way, uh, after this, MJF makes his way to commentary for the CM Punk and Lee Moriarty match. Um in fantastic, a fantastic Hanukkah suit, might I say, uh, MJF is wearing. Uh, and we get CM Punk versus Lee Moriarty. Uh, cutting to the end of this, CM Punk wins by pinfall with the go to sleep. Uh, post-match, MJF gets on the mic. Now, I'm not going to go through everything that's, that they say, but they start shooting you know, shots at each other again. CM Punk is talking about, or I'm sorry, MJF is talking to CM Punk about uh, kind of pining or trying to get into uh, Britt Baker's pants. And uh, CM Punk, uh, you know, says that uh, MJF uh, has a lot of guts talking about somebody who's wearing uh, Larry David's pajamas, uh, you know, and they kind of go back and forth. Uh, Punk says, uh, shut up and get your needle dick in the ring uh, and we'll uh, find out, uh, you know, I'll kick your ass back to Long Island. And MJF uh, basically says, too bad. Uh, this crowd's not going to get it. Uh, Punk needs uh, MJF more than MJF needs Punk. Uh, and um, that's a spark to a flame he hasn't had since 2011. Uh, but don't worry, he's going to show what a real professional looks like when he's he wins the Dynamite Diamond Ring in Long Island uh, and uh, will finally be among the fans he loves and appreciates. And the feeling is mutual. Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Asian Joe saying that uh, CM Punk won with the very nice, very Neville. Uh, uh, we'll give credit to Dan Housen on that. Uh, by the way, Kate, we're crediting Dan Housen where Dan Housen should be credited. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, uh, MJF says he's going to be better than Piper in Portland, better than Brett in Canada, better than CM Punk in Chicago. And he also tells Punk to stop bringing his dog to the shows because if he does, he's going to put Larry to sleep. And that's when CM Punk starts to give chase. Wardlow comes in, uh, comes out to the 
the ramp to get between MJF and CM Punk. Uh, and that's the end of that segment. So uh, I'm going to give honors to you here again, Kate, because uh, I don't know if many people know this, but uh, you're a CM Punk mark, and I guess he's your BFF now. So what did you think of the match, the post-match, all that kind of stuff? Uh, that is correct. We did paint each other's nails and do each other's hair at a slumber party while listening to Rancid. Uh, I thought this match was great. And one criticism I heard going into it was like, there's no story there. There's no story there. Sometimes matches between two guys could be used to advance a different story. Uh, Ryan, I did wrap at least one of the rankings. So you have to stop changing my name. You didn't rank the full rankings. That was the deal. No, you never said that was the deal. I love CM Punk, and CM Punk loves me. Um, There were a lot of really great things in this. There was a ridiculous Hurricane Rana. Uh, Whatever the sunset flip counter thing was, whatever the hell that was, I can't even wrap my head around it. I don't even know what it was. I just know it ruled. Um, And I thought it was... I thought they did a really great job making it feel like an emotional roller coaster for something that didn't have a story. There were a couple of, of near falls that I, one of them I really almost bet on. It was at like 2.9 seconds. Very, very well done. Did not love MJF in this. I didn't like him on commentary. The meth thing is just like kind of blah. And I didn't like the overarching thing of like CM Punk has no fight left in him on the heels of what we just saw with Eddie. Like they just beat the ever loving shit out of each other a couple weeks ago. There's clearly still fight left in this guy. I did not like that PG Punk narrative. Cause I feel like the feud he just had disproved everything MJF was saying right then. And the Britt Baker bullshit, I just thought was the stupidest thing ever. It's very weird in general it's very weird when Punk is married and when Adam Cole is now backstage. It made no sense. She has nothing to do with any of this. I My guess was it was being used to tee up Punk to be able to say, like, hey, she's what a champion is, though, and you haven't held the title since you've been here. Like, maybe it was supposed to go in that direction and Punk didn't pick up on it. I just thought it was really fucking lame. Like, I thought it was, like, insulting aside, I just thought, like, MJF could do a lot better than this. That was extremely cheap go-home heat for me. It has nothing to do with anything. I I hated it. I popped for the Larry David thing. Uh, mostly MJF saying, I get to say Meg. You don't get to say Meg. Uh, that kills me. And just little things that I, I really liked, uh, including... You definitely don't need the Britt Baker heat if you're going to bring Larry into it, all right? Larry's the most over guy in the company. If you're going to bring the dog up, you're going to get the heat you need. So, um, But I also just loved Punk going, really? Is that the hill you're going to die on? Like, at the end of that spot? I just, I loved that, because that that was just such a, like, it's not even that good. It's just cheap and shitty. Like, you're such a you fucking hand job was, like, to me, the go away to that. So, um kind of up and down. I thought the match was fantastic. Lee Moriarty is is a tremendously skilled guy. I cannot wait to see him and Dante lock up at some point. That's going to be ridiculous when that happens. Um, but I just did not love what we got from MJF here. I did love when he got into the the Brett in Canada, the Roddy in, in Portland stuff. Like That felt really good to me. And I liked MJF saying you can pick on, or I liked Punk saying you could pick on me for struggling against QT Marshall and 
uh, Lee Moriarty, but they're better than you and you know it. I thought it was a very fun way to kick off that segment. So uh, up up and down, but I'm excited to see these two continue to, to roll down the hill in this feud. I think it's it's gangbusters overall. Yeah, I'm with you, Kate, on certain parts of that promo from uh, MJF were just kind of like, why well, I don't understand why this is coming up. <clears throat> Especially the Britt Baker stuff. My only my only thought was like, I guess because CM Punk always mentions Britt Baker when he gets the chance, but like, yeah, it just seemed like a stretch, a reach. I didn't mind him on commentary, uh, only because he wasn't screaming. <laughs> he wasn't screaming into the mic on commentary, but. I hear all all valid points. Um, I am excited to see where this goes and where this ends up. I mean, they could they could do a first match at Winter's Coming if they want. They could even hold it till the first match, uh, or I'm sorry, the first Dynamite on uh, TBS if they want to. You know, I I think they have a couple options on how far they want to kind of push it. So um, we'll see what happens there. Rye, what did you think of the uh, of the match? Well, I mean, I get saying CM Punk might have lost some of his fight because, you know, he's spending more time on Twitter responding to annoying fans than, you know, he is. Super annoying on his, fans. Yeah. Making friendships that will needy, last a needy lifetime. Fans. I'm definitely needy. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> I needed that. I needed that W. Um <laughs> I can't. I, I can't argue anymore. She she took it and owned it. Um, the match was great. I, I put it out on Twitter and I met it. Like when they started, I the crowd was silent, which I think was because they didn't know what to expect, and because MJF had come out and I think didn't kill the vibe. But I think they weren't sure where you actually going to get a match. Where you going to? So the crowd wasn't into it to start, and by the end they were hanging on everything, which just goes to show how good of a match it was and. Lee Moriarty is amazing and he's going to be a huge star and punk tells great stories in the ring and it worked really well together. And Lee's style worked really well with punk because it's a little slower, more methodical. And I think that works pretty well with punk because he obviously isn't at the quickest pace. Um, I'm kind of reversed on the MJF stuff where I didn't mind his promo. I hated him on commentary. Um, I didn't like Jay Shell pointed out that she flipped. She called said Punk when she met MJF was burying Lee on commentary. I did kind of feel like MJF was going too far with that. Like Giovanni would come back, but there wasn't enough comeback on the the Lee insults, in my opinion, from what MJF was saying. He's like, "Oh, he's inexperienced. He's a rookie. He's not that good. You shouldn't be spending this long with him. You should." And when you say that stuff, you need someone on commentary to then highlight the crap out of Lee Moriarty to be like, he's done this, he's done this, he's done. So I don't know if I necessarily blame MJF or if I blame Excalibur or Shivani for not picking up on that was your job to say, like, here's all the awesome things he's done. The only comeback they had was he's wrestled more matches than you, which is great. Like, I get it. It means he's not a rookie, but there has to be more there. Especially um, so when he's doing like 87 impressive things in front of you right now. Like my whole thing with that was like, you could just call what's in front of your face, not even getting into like Lee Moriarty's experience or anything. It's like, literally look what he's doing in the seconds that are unfolding in front of us. <laughs> yeah. Like Shivani could have just been like, shut up, Max. You're just jealous. Cause you can't do this, 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 and this of what you just saw in the match. 
I, I do will like say I've copped for Shivani saying, well, you're a terrible person. That cracks me the fuck up. Amazing. You don't usually hear that where like an announcer is that blown and being like, oh, you're just a terrible person. Um, my opinion on M- MJF's promo, one, I think he goes on some of the weaker stuff, like the, the mess stuff and all, because I think he is very conscious that he could cross over to being a cool heel. So I think he tries to be kind of like what, like, um, the elite did but just slightly different where you almost have to be a little bit lame not all the time but sometimes in order for people to not totally jump on your bandwagon i could be misreading the brit thing um i viewed the brit thing as cm punk always hypes brit up and in the last battle they had mjf kind of was like yeah cm punk's full of shit he doesn't actually care about the young guys he's all about himself so i thought my thing on the brit thing was that he was using he was bringing brit up for his own selfish needs. Now I wouldn't have said necessarily that was his desire. I would have said he's using her for cloud or for other things, but again, it wasn't the best move, but I understand like, I think that's where their thinking was, which is like, he doesn't actually care about Britt Baker. He's just trying to, you know, get it in for lack of a better terms with his needle dick. Um, I prefer needle dick over no balls as an insult. I think that's a, a far better one. Um, but it wasn't, no, it wasn't a home run, but they're not all going to be home runs. Like that's the thing when you, you come off of that 20 minute banger of a promo last week, you're going to have some weak spots, which is why I'm glad they gave CM Punk this long match with Moriarty. Cause you then didn't worry about these, this small promo after. Um, I feel yeah. like Punk should win the diamond ring. I just think that would be the funniest thing in the world to have CM Punk going around with a diamond ring. Like this dude in his like his like misfits t-shirts and stuff going around. Comedically brilliant. Oh, I would love it. Story wise, a couple of different people have mentioned they think it should be Wardlow, which better is way better of a story. But comedically, oh my god, Punk would be hilarious. Hilarious? Oh man. The only funnier person might be Orange Cassidy. Yeah, he just it might even fall off his finger. You never yeah, know. Like, exactly. He keeps losing it and people keep finding it places. But I agree, Kate, Punk would be hilarious. But I feel like sometimes MJF's promos are like last week, obviously, he hit on everything. I think this week he purposely didn't try to get too clever because he does run the risk of being a cool heel and he he hates it. You can just tell he hates it if he gets cheers. Well, a couple things to wrap this up. Uh, Rob Humphrey said he missed this part. Was Punk in pants or trunks? We got CM trunks tonight. CM trunks. And Asian Joe throwing this out. Have Punk win the ring and just put it on Larry's collar. That would be good, too. Yeah, we talked about that. Me and CM Punk in our text messages. Oh, yeah, very nice. So, Well, speaking of... Uh, CM Punk's maybe number one wrestling friend, Britt Baker gets interviewed backstage uh, with her crew. And uh, she complains about Rio earning a title shot on rampage. And she and Jamie Hayter start to bicker back and forth about wins and losses. But Britt says team DND are back on track and Jamie's going to wrestle Rio in an absolute slaughter fest next week before she gets her title match. And we go to break. I don't know if anybody wants to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, mention anything there. Again, I think we're just kind of laying the groundwork for Jamie Hayter possibly, you know, turning on Brit. Maybe that's, you know, where we go after uh, Riho. We go to Jamie Hayter versus Brit. 
all right. So they get back from commercial, and Adam Cole makes his entrance. Baby. To, to join commentary. Um, funny. Uh, he goes down to the ring, does his whole entrance, and then walks back up the ramp to join commentary, which was fantastic. I even turned to Mrs. Money and I was like, holy fuck, because I missed the fact that they said he was coming out on commentary. I was like, holy shit, did he just come out, do his gimmick, and he's leaving? Like, that would be that would be equally as awesome. Um, but he sits down at the commentary task and then Orange Cassidy makes an entrance uh, and Cole and he kind of staring at each other. They confront each other. Then the young bucks sneak out the tunnel behind Orange Cassidy, but Orange Cassidy catches him. He turns around, does the slow kicks, but then Cole gives him the uppercut in a sensitive area. Up yours. That's right. And uh, they do a slow motion super kick party. Then they do a full speed super kick party. Uh, and they're going to take out Orange Cassidy, but uh, the best friends, Chuck and Wheeler Yuta, make a save. Uh, and that ends this segment. Now, people are saying, uh, or at least in the Discord, the chatter was, um, you know, hey, I don't mind this segment because it's kind of advancing the story. Personally, guys, I could have done without this. I feel like they could have just cut this whole thing out uh, and given time somewhere else. I don't know how you guys felt about it. If you'd like to say anything here, um, you know, floors open for discussion. What did anybody think about this? It was fine. I'm with you. I didn't need them to both have entrances. <laughs> like, that was my biggest beef about it. I was like, this could have just been done, like, in a, a backstage setting or something. I, When there's things like this, sometimes I try to think about, like, the live experience. And it's like, you do want to give that Adam Cole pop. You do want to give the Orange Cassidy, like, moment. But I was like there was a better way that this could have been accomplished. Otherwise I did appreciate commentary saying the bucks aren't even cleared to wrestle. And right. I'm just like only medium wrestling. Like that was kind of fun, but I'm with you. I didn't need this. It, there was nothing wrong with it. I just felt like this could have been taped backstage or like it was a lot of pomp and circumstance for like not a lot of what was happening. I needed this badly just because you guys said you didn't um no I, I i think if they're still doing this in three or four months maybe even six i'll give them i would have more of a problem because like kate said i think it's more related to the live crowd thing and they're still touring markets they haven't seen since before covid so i think they're trying to give these markets all the bang for their buck that they can um but I agree they didn't both need entrances, though I think Cole having one is kind of funny because it's such a heel move. You know, he gets his full, even though he gets cheered, it's still a heel move to, to want that um, that attention. Uh, and then, you know, you have, I like the setup of this. You know, you, you moved off of Jurassic Express versus the, the Super Click. Now it's the best friends, which honestly isn't a bad trios thing. You have Orange Cassidy's Arguably a top three to five baby face there. It's Adam Cole, three to five heel. And then the, the elite and the the rest of the best friends. If Trent was there, it actually would have more power. They're still trying to build you up. But I like that feud, so I don't have a problem with it. I'm seeing Jay Shell's comment in the, the chat, which says Hold on. We'll get we'll I wanna get there. I saw it too. No, 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 no. I want to get through but, something 
that happens next, and then I want to address that. Okay, go go with what happens next then. So after that, we get a Tony Nese promo talking about his title match against Sammy. Really nothing to talk about there. He kind of says he's going to win. Uh, and then we get AC Adams versus Wardlow in a, in a glorified squash here. Wardlow power bombs him like six times, gets the win. Um, post-match, Sean Spears is in the ring, you know, hits Adams with a chair and then raises Wardlow's hand and we go to a break here. So listen, I, I don't think we need to spend a ton of time here, Ryan, but this is where I would have, this is where I want to talk about Jay Shell's comment. Jay Shell says, my question is, could a women's segment been fit in? Yes, this is. Uh, this was my comment. Is this whole stretch for me could have been cut out and given to the women? We talk about it almost weekly. Like, how can they maybe squeeze in more women, right? Or something else going on? Yes, we had a little Britt Baker, you know, interview backstage. Like, okay, fine. You want to call that a women's segment? Fine. But like Schlong, they easily could have done something here. A second women's match, uh, a longer women's kind of feud promo segment, whatever. This whole thing for me, from Adam Cole all the way through the Wardless squash, could have been given, in my opinion, to the women. I mean, am I nuts here? Kate, we're we're the only reason I'm throwing it to you, Kate, is because we've been uber critical. I, we all have, but you I feel like out of all of us have been super critical of the way they handle the women. And I, fe- I truly feel like this whole thing could have been given to the women. This whole set. Yeah. Uh, I could even maybe argue up through this tag match. <laughs> I didn't need the gun club either. Um, yeah. I'd... It's kind of tricky because I think a Wardlow MJF split is coming and you want to build up Wardlow to look, like a monster um but i i'm i'm with you it just felt like that could have been something that did on rampage that's a really good example of something that could have been on rampage that isn't taking up time on your main program especially while you have a tournament going on and especially when that tournament is leading to other stories right so you could get another round of television and for the tournament or continue something like Ashita and serena deep which has been fantastic or whatever like you could use the seeds that are being sown in this spot but yeah i'm with you i think one woman's match an hour is not like a lot to ask and this was an example of a place for sure that felt like a little bit of filler on this episode more than intentional programming now my and ryan and i want your thoughts here but my my whole thing here right and to your point kate there may be trying to sow the seeds or building up Wardlow to look like this monster and split off from MJF. They didn't even mention anything like Wardlow's going to be in the, you know, diamond, you know, diamond, whatever it is, uh, battle Royal. Um, so like there was not even a mention of that. Like if he's going to be there and maybe that's where this whole thing, like, you know what I mean? Like if they had done that, then I guess it would have made sense that this match was there. I think they're kind of laying the groundwork for that's going to happen, but still like, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily get this, this whole stretch. And, um, you know, just one of the comments, like Rob had said, you know, we, we already had one women's match on the show. Well, yeah, but. The point is, we always kind of talk about where can we maybe 
try to find more. Um, so uh, yeah, I think if, I, I think Rob was probably making the joke like, but we already had our one match. We don't we, need another one. We had that one. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, the, Baby A is not happy about it. No. She so if anybody's wondering why Aunt suddenly went quiet, that's why. Ooh, um, screaming about so, it in the background. <laughs> you could have put, you could have done Adam Cole's entrance during a commercial. And he, the live crowd would have got it, but we wouldn't have had to watch it, which would have taken three minutes off the time already. You could have then sped up the the Adam Cole, Orange Cassidy thing by probably another couple minutes. You know, maybe have them, maybe have Wheeler Yuta and uh, Chuck make the save almost immediately. Like they kick out, they kick, they get Orange Cassidy down about three seconds. There's not as much showboating. Um, yeah, Rob said sarcasm doesn't translate yeah. when typing. He was making the joke. I, I I figured you were Rob. You 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 follow us long enough that I I, I think you know. Um, the, the Tony Khan's in the back, but we have our one. Uh, oh, we did but, we did it. We did that one. So I don't know how long the Hangman Cole segment was, but I bet you you could shave about five minutes off of it and still have a story built out of it. You then don't need to do Tony Nice, and I like Tony Nice, but that is a great Twitter thing because. Really, that's all that was. Um, and then you don't do the Wardlow match, and you probably have a solid 10 to 15 minutes, at least 10, if not 15 minutes, where you can do a women's match. Personally, I would do a tag match. You get four women on screen when you're you normally only get two, and I still think they need a women's tag division. I'm going to scream that until my face is red. Um, JSL said Red Velvet versus Kier Hogan. Since she said Red, I'll bring it up. I love both of those competitors. I'm not a, upset if that was a feud. I'd rather see tag. I'd rather see you see Red Velvet and Kylan King on a tag versus Kira Hogan and someone else because you get, again, you get four in where you'd only get two. It's why I want stables. And they need a tag division. I just think it makes wrestling so much better when you have a solid tag division. Um, but either way, I completely agree with Ann. I completely agree with Jishel. I completely agree with Kate. I agree with Rob. I agree with anyone saying it. They could have put a woman's match here, whether tag or singles, simply by, you could have kept the, the orange Cassidy Cole thing. You just shorten it and then you get rid of everything else. Cause award, you, Kate, you were reading my mind. Award low squash is for rampage yeah. in between like your two big matches on rampage. You put award low squash. And that's it. I, I, I just, they don't need to, um, to, to do, you know, that squash on dynamite. That's why you have dark. That's why you have elevation. And that's even why you have rampage dynamite. Now, unless Wardlow goes out and beats, I'm even going to, I'm going to pick it Matt Seidel, someone whose name, if he goes out and squashes Matt Seidel in 30 seconds, I still don't like a squash, but at least it's a name. You're like, Oh my God. He's like, yeah, it was a victory that was against an opponent that carried some weight to it. Yeah, th I literally thought I was watching Dark. I almost put out the Dark hashtag. Like, it was <laughs> that is a match I see on Dark all the time, which is great for Dark. It builds Wardlow up. I don't need it on Dynamite. Give me a woman's match. Put Tony Nese on Twitter. Give me a woman's match. Hey, Tony Nese on Twitter. Call a couple minutes off Colin OC and take out Wardlow all together. And, mm -hmm. and I'm a happy man. The whole Adam Cole, <clears throat> excuse me, Orange Cassidy thing could have also happened on social, right? Like but, that. But, uh, yeah. That didn't have to, to happen on TV. No, but I was saying to Kate, if you if you do the entrance during the commercial, that's a few minutes. If you don't fool around as much, where you really just have the Bucks go and beat them pretty quickly, and the save happen, you can 
chop like five minutes off that whole thing. You know, like no, I, it ends I up being, don't disagree, but like it didn't have to happen or on TV. It could have all together. Look what happened during commercial. Boom, right. this happened. We had a prethon. It was on dynamite, so people saw it. But you you edit it so it was only like a fifteen minute second highlight, and then you go and and you move on. I just agree. Uh, you know, I mean, we have this argument all the time. We'll we'll have it again. But to me, that whole break could have been given to the women. So, uh, back from that commercial uh, after the Wardlow squash, uh, Pack and Penta are being interviewed backstage, and Penta answers. Uh, in Spanish and Alex Abrahantes translates, uh, basically saying they're looking forward to kicking FTR's ass with Pac and, you know, Pac, who's kind of got an eye patch on after getting injured and the mist blown in his eye by Malachi Black last week says, uh, his eye is not going to be, be an issue and it's wide open. I don't know if everybody kind of caught that on television. Um, but uh, a little nod to New Japan with the whole eyes wide open thing. Um, so we're uh, we're just getting to this FTR uh, and uh, Penta and Pac match. Uh, you know they they say that Pac is filling in basically because Phoenix got injured uh, during their match, I guess uh, last week. So we'll get that match on Rampage. I don't know if you guys want to speak to that or any of the possible uh, New Japan uh, nods that were there. Uh, Ryan looks like you maybe want to say something now. I just was waiting that this was the inspiration for my Quebecers tonight. The patch over the eye. That's that's it. That was your, that was my inspiration for thinking of the Quebecers. I was waiting, yeah. but I, come, come on. That's a good pull. Um, that is a good I, pull. I will just add I have, that. I think they said Phoenix was restricted due to travel, not, um, not injury. I thought, Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I thought they said that he was, uh, injured after their match. You know what I mean? But it very well is likely travel. Um, which by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some of this stuff kind of pull back, not the, not the touring, but like the possibility of some of the guys coming up from Mexico or, you know, overseas with all the current variant stuff going on. So that would kind of suck, but, uh. We'll see what happens there, but should be a good match. We'll get it Friday night. Um, and then we get uh, Kate's favorite match of the night. Kate said this match five stars would have been six if it was in, uh, Tokyo Dome. in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, uh, Darby Allen and Sting, both in full face paint, versus uh, the Gun Club, Billy and Colton Gun. Cutting to the end of this match, Darby Allen and Sting do win by pinfall with the Scorpion Death Drop from Sting on Colton Gun, and that's the end of that. Um, so I'll say this, guys, um, Kate. While I agree with you that I didn't necessarily need this match, you know, the Ass Club versus Sting and Darby Allen, giving credit the to Ass Boys, getting uh, that's right, the Ass Boys. Let's give credit to uh, Dan Housen there. Um, <laughs> Uh, I will say that Sting looked good, and what a better way to protect him, I guess, than putting him in the ring with uh, with Billy Gunn, right? Like, he's he's another super experienced guy. So you protect Sting that way, and Sting's in front of a live crowd uh, in Atlanta uh, where, you know, he's loved. So, um, you know, while I didn't necessarily need this match, I'll always take seeing Darby Allen on television because I thought he broke his neck like three times in this match. 
Um, and uh, Sting just looks really good. I, I just am constantly surprised by how good Sting looks. And I remember when Sting came in, I was like, oh, I don't want to see Sting wrestle. I just don't don't need to see it. And every time I've seen Sting in AEW, he's actually looked good. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, Ryan, you were an ass boys, uh, Mark. Uh, what did you think of this match? I'm an ass boy. No, um, listen, again, this goes back to the live crowd thing. There's touring these cities for the first time since COVID. Um, you're going to want to put Sting in Atlanta. I get it. Uh, I don't necessarily get why it's the ass boy. The ass club. Look, I've liked what they've done on dark. I didn't think they were at this level yet though. And I still don't think they're at this level. Um, but the match was fine. I mean, Darby Allen makes a, any match great because he just throws himself around with such reckless abandon that you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like he bounced off of Billy ass, like literally just came flying out the ring and Did bounced off. Did you pull off comment? Cause it just is hilarious to me. <laughs> Darby bounced off Billy. How do you bounce off a human? <laughs> it's I a very good see- I didn't even see it, but that's how many people were talking about it. Like I, that's not, I'm not, obviously I knew it wasn't my observation. People, he's, he makes matches incredible. So fuck you, Asian Jim. Sorry. (laughs) Ryan is an ass boy. It's funny because it's true. And the, and the fuck you was more of like, that was too clever. Um, but like I said, the match was actually entertaining, which is, but I think that has to do with the fact that I love watching Sting wrestle, and he can still do some stuff. Um, and Darby that's Allen. Not the half of the match. That's the issue. What? Like, remember when everyone was like, "Oh, Malachi Black and CM Punk and Brian Danielson—they're gonna cost these young guys TV time." It's not them. It's fucking Billy Gunn costing these young guys TV time. Get out of town and take a bus. I do not need Billy Gunn two weeks in a row. But he did also have Colton on there. He did also have Austin around. So they're using his name. You may not like them. You may not like them, but they're doing the same thing with Billy that they're doing with Sting and Darby, which is using an older name to get over the younger name. I don't. No, 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 no to all of this. I definitely didn't need Billy Gunn two weeks in a row on my television. The match was fine. Darby Allen's a maniac. Someone is supposed to tell him that suicide dives are not meant to literally almost kill you all the time. Today was a nice um, almost homicide-suicide situation where he almost killed someone and himself, so that was neat. Come on. Come on. Come on. With all of the tech... You- you're telling me we couldn't get Sting and Darby Allen versus Bear Country? You're telling me we can't get Sting and Darby Allen versus anybody but fucking Billy Gunn in 2021? Put Austin Gunn in there. Put the both of the young guns in there. Whatever. That's, yeah. Fucking so lame. The match was, was suitable enough. And I get that you want to put Sting on TV in Atlanta. That makes total sense. Um, but just the audacity to have Billy Gunn take two coffin drops on Friday. 
kick out at one, and then to have no, no to this. This was dumb. <laughs> Again, my thought of Billy Gunn is just uh, having somebody there to be experienced enough to protect Sting. You know what? I will say this. He does love to love him. He loves to kick him. He, he loves to shove him. He loves to he stick him. Lo- does love to stick him. But but again, my only my only and I'm not, Kate, I'm not saying I need to see Billy Gunn, right? But you that's put, exa- no, that's what you're saying though. You're like I need to see Billy Gunn. But even though I'd love to see like okay, Sting and Darby versus Bear Country, I mean, they're not as experienced. Do you want to have somebody have the potential to hurt Sting? That's my only. That's my only. I get that, and Billy Gunn is a huge dude. Then have Sting do rest less risky shit. Then, <laughs> like, it's just... but it's not even that he's. Stuff, it's you know? not even that he's a huge dude. It's really just the experience of being in the ring with people and him knowing how to work safe enough to protect Sting and also make him look good. That's. Yeah. Again, my only argument here. That's it, and that's a fair argument. And you know, sometimes the best surprises do sneak up from behind. But there's also only room in my heart for one Colton, and that's Scott Colton, aka Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Oh boy, I saw Colt this weekend. I know we had a nice Twitter interaction where I said, "If you're there, go kiss him on the mouth for me." And he replied, "Is that why a dozen people kissed me on the mouth at this Russell Pro show?" Yeah, I. It's a cheater. I, I would not have uh, kissed anybody on the mouth at that show, but that's just me. So two things, real quick, and yes. then we can move on. But I, it's relevant to this. One, if you want to watch, since we talked about Bear Country a couple times, go watch their dark match against Wardlow and Sean Spears. It's a very good match that was on dark. They let them have a lot of time, and it made not only Spears and Wardlow look good, but it made Bear Country look very good. Two. I was listening to Kate's boss over at Fight Club today with uh, for his show, your the list and your boy with he had a righteous reg on, and they brought up the best point. If we're gonna give credit to Dan Housen for everything, Reg goes, Why Reg asked the, the question both Ant and Kate are asking, Why are they ass boys on my TV? And Sean goes, Because Dan Housen got them over, yeah. Dan Housen really did get them over with his ass boys thing. <laughs> there was an ass boys chant, he has gotten them over. It is. So, if I'm AEW, if you weren't thinking about signing Dan Housen, but you're seeing that, I'm like, get him over. He got our guys over, and he's not even wrestling. He's not even on the show. He's not even no. in the promotion. Yeah. So he's not even he's in not the promotion, Housen. No. Well, anyway, we move on to Chris Jericho being interviewed backstage. Up yours. Um, okay. <laughs> um. Uh, Jericho says he didn't go to save Eddie Kingston. Um, he was out there to take 2.0 out, nothing more. And then 2.0 and uh, their son, Daniel Garcia, attacked Jericho. They beat him down. Um, they uh, hit him with a chair. Uh, they told him, you know, we told you to uh, keep our names out your mouth, basically. And then they go to break. Uh, I don't remember who said it before. But somebody posed that uh, it would have been fantastic if Eddie Kingston casually walked by eating some cake from catering. <laughs> uh, that would have been hilarious. I think that was maybe Asian Joe, but I'm not 100% sure. Missed opportunity. 
Yes. Uh, so, uh, yes, it was Asian Joe. Would of have loved if Eddie uh, walked by with cake. Um, don't think we need to talk much about that. So we're going to keep motoring on. Uh, Leo Rush comes out to confront Team Taz, who is at uh, at commentary. Uh, and uh, Leo talks about the ups and downs of his career, says it's crazy that Taz thinks his guys have a 100% chance of winning the match. Uh, or I'm sorry, the Diamond Ring Battle Royal, because everybody in Team Taz will basically be in that match. Um and Leo says that he's a fighter. You better believe him when he says that he's not going to go down without a fight, even if he's only got a 1% chance. Taz taunts him a little bit, <clears throat> tells him he should retire. And then Dante Martin and Ricky uh, Ricky Starks come out uh, to kind of block uh, Leo Rush from getting to uh, the rest of Team Taz. Uh, and, um, you know, then we move on uh, to the next spot, uh, which I'll pause there for a second. Um Man, this Leo Rush thing is another thing that I feel like we could have probably not had to do here. Um, it was, to me, a very awkward sort of promo exchange. Uh, Taz continually, anytime Taz is going back and forth in a promo with people, Taz always seems like he's like, come on, let's just get this over with, like move ahead, move on. Like he's trying to rush the thing. And I get it because Leo was kind of letting it go long, but just didn't work for me man i get this whole thing with dante martin and team taz he wasn't even really part of this the shining uh the shining star in this whole thing for me believe it or not guys hook he's handsome he's, he's a handsome devil well. but this promo was awkward as can be um the taz math was ridiculous i'm not quite sure what the hell is going on there um Apparently they hadn't announced in the arena like the 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 diamond ring setup. So like the live audience had no idea what was being talked about. It, it just I like everyone in there as a speaker and it just did not flow. Like they all can talk, but they just didn't come together. And then I feel like Dante's gonna pull swerve and he's gonna unzip his shirt and it's not gonna be Taz, it's gonna be Leo or something. Cause his jacket was, you know, his hoodie was zipped up. Um, and I don't know. It was, it was, it was awkward. It could have, we just didn't need it. Uh, the only thing I will say is that I hope when hook finally wrestles, he comes down to the theme from hook. D'Lo Diggs saying hook for TNT champion. I'm down. D'Lo gets it. But could you imagine hook walking to Dan? Nah, 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 nah. Like that'd be perfect for him. I didn't even know there was a theme to hook yet. Uh, oh, Kate raised Kate's her hand and then decided to leave. Are you having it? Are, have you seen hook? I have. I think I still own a copy on VHS. Um, and I, Jay shall not gonna, just point out. We're acknowledging how Leo gets to talk. I want you to think about that coming out of my mouth and how that looks. Cause I, it sounds it like, I get what you mean, but it, it doesn't come off the same way. <laughs> um, but overall, I love Leo as a talker. I think he's one of the best. But this segment just did not connect. It just seemed too long, and the crowd wasn't necessarily buying it. Um, Kate, I think you wanted to say something, and then you bounced out. Um, Sorry, yeah, I just had to talk to Phil about uh, his match. 
So okay. Just had okay. To, real quick. <laughs> yeah, no, this was just long and weird. It, it feels like maybe it got thrown in at the last minute or something. Um, Leo Rush is, is normally great on the mic. Everyone involved in this is mostly great on the mic. The only person who's ever going to be great at this 100% of the time is is Hook. And I think we know that and we've come to grow and accept that. So I this is going to be great. I hope this leads to Dante's brother coming back. Like, I think that would be really cool if he's the guy that kind of saves him from turning to the dark side of Team Taz. Also, bring back those Taz move graphic things. Those rules. I miss them. Yeah, those were excellent. Those were uh, very, very good. Um, after this, we get Smart Mark backstage with Jade Cargill, <clears throat> and he congratulates Thunder Rosa on winning her tournament match, but says she has no chance against Jade. Uh, and on Friday, Thunder uh, Thunder Rosa's student Janai Kai <clears throat> will challenge Jade Cargill, and then Thunder Rosa rolls in to say uh, she's going to do commentary for that match on Rampage. Um, so I guess watch out. Um, so again, we're kind of building to this, you know, TBS championship semifinal match now between Thunder Rose and Jade. So we'll see what happens on Friday night. Don't know if we need to talk too much about that, but we then get into our final quarterfinal match, uh, with, uh, Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. Taz is still out on commentary. So of course we get Taz serenading us to Ruby Soho, which is always, Beautiful. Um, cutting to the end of this match, Ruby Soho does win by pinfall with the victory roll. And then post-match, uh, Ruby uh, uh, and uh, Chris kind of hug it out, uh, show of respect. Uh, as Chris leaves, Vicky Guerrero um, is on the ramp and starts to get into it with uh, Statlander. But then Nyla Rose ambushes Soho in the ring um, behind her back. And then Chris uh, returned to make the save and... Uh, Nyla Rose runs off. Um, so guys, listen, this match was, <clears throat> I thought this match was good and it really could have gone either way. I would have liked to see Chris Statlander win here. Um, you know, I don't think, I mean, we know who our, our semifinal matches are now, right? It's Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill versus Nyla. Uh, and then on the other side, it's Nyla Rose and, uh, Ruby Soho, right? So, to me, now the picture is a little more clear. I think this belt is certainly going to Jade Cargill. Um, don't necessarily know if I love that. I think Chris Statlander could have definitely taken this belt. I don't think Ruby Soho is going to win this belt. But, um, you know, I don't think Ruby needs a belt. So that's why I don't think it's going on her. But listen, this match could have gone either way. Would have loved to see a little push for Chris Statlander. Me personally, I think she kind of deserves a little bit more of a push. Um, but, you know, serviceable match. And now we're clearly lining up for uh, Nyla and uh, Ruby Soho. So, um, Ryan, what did you think of the match? thought the match was a banger. I really enjoyed it. Loved the story they were telling. I agree with you on, like, I really want Statlander to get a push. They protected the shit out of her in this loss because it almost looked as much luck on Soho's part as skill to beat Stat, which is great. It was it was done really good. And, you know, everyone loves some Ruby, 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 Soho. Ruby, 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 Soho. But um, it's clear, like, so first of all, I... I want to see, and it goes back to who's going to win this tournament because you were kind of laying it out there. I want to see Jade Cargill versus Janai Kai on Friday because I want to see if it's pure squash 
or they actually let that be a, be a match because Kai is a hell of a wrestler. So, and a really cool style. So if they let that match go, that bodes well for if Jade wins the title. Otherwise, it doesn't because, again, I think Jade's actually better suited for the, the main title where you only defend it periodically and you're just a star in between. And I want a workhorse on the TBS where you'll defend it almost weekly. So I, I loved the match. I don't mind the outcome. I get what you're saying, but I'm with you. I think this is being set up that Jade takes it. And I only don't like that because of what I want the TBS title to be has nothing. I love Jade. We all love Jade. We think we know Jade's a star. Like there's, you can't look at her and say anything, but she is a star of this division. But she's, to me, she's, it's weird to say this. I think she's better suited for the main title than the TBS title. Yeah, no argument there, Ryan. I think the TBS title, like the TNT title, <clears throat> should be more visible in like a workhorse title, right? Um, and I just, I'm with you. I don't see Jade being that character. But who knows? We'll see. I mean, Kate, what are your thoughts on the match and I guess the way that this tournament is kind of going at this point uh i think this might be my favorite ruby soho match since she's been back i really really like this match a lot um i i've said before i i don't think jade is ready for a title i actually think they could give it to ruby soho i don't think she needs it i think the division may need her to have it and i think jade was the original plan but as things have unfolded if they're seeing what we're seeing, it might be wise to pivot directions. And I think Ruby Soho would be a great next person to do that. I did have this thought that if the belt bash, whatever the fuck, is only an hour, do they give it to Thunder Rosa and it's Brit versus Thunder Rosa for both belts? And that matches an hour. I just I have one issue with that. Go ahead. Sorry, you can go. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. ahead. I don't like two belts because you immediately one of them gets uh, downgraded. I agree, but and I don't think they're going to do that. I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. I think you can have this the secondary belt flip over as much as you wanted to. She could go, she could go and lose that to Britt, and Britt could be the first real champion of the next belt or whatever. Like there's there's so many ways you could go there. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think Jade's going to have it. I think Jade is going to have it for a couple of weeks. And then I think Jade is going to drop it. And her first loss is going to be a title loss. And it'll make her feel big and important. But she's just, she cannot hold this belt realistically long-term in any way. Um, and as far as it being a workhorse belt, Ruby can get another surprise win like this with Jade uh, to Jay Shell's point. Yeah. I, I think Ruby is a great person to hold it because I think she can make a lot of people in this division look really good. And if it's going to be defended on a very regular basis, which I also think is the intent, she's a she's a great person to have it. So even if Jade wins it, I think it, the next logical person is maybe a Ruby Soho, maybe a Chris Statlander. But if, if Jade wins this tournament, I think it makes sense. Put the feather in her cap, but she's got to turn around and lose it quickly because she's just shown time and time again that she's too green to hold a belt. So I think the plan was always Jade from the beginning. If they see that through fine, if they 
are smart and pivot, I think that would be a better move to have Ruby be your inaugural championship holder. And I also just like it when there's a, a heel holding one title and a face holding the other. I just think that's that's smart business because it keeps the division very balanced. Rob Humphrey saying Jade is not ready for a title. She looks great. She can talk, but her ring work is still poor. She's getting that Goldberg push, and I hate it. I would argue she's – this is going to – if you look at where they were when they won, Jade would theoretically be ahead of Goldberg in the sense that Goldberg couldn't talk. Jade can at least talk, <laughs> but in the sense of they don't have the in-ring work, which is why I think the main title makes more sense. That doesn't get defended regularly. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just looking at the way – I mean, I hear I hear everything you're saying, Ryan. I have a kind of a separate point here too though um i think if you're looking at the way now realistically that we're down to the the semis right i think they have everything lined up for jade to take this title and to put her in the best position to look strong and have hopefully the best quality matches right you're putting her in the ring with thunder rosa who thunder rosa can basically work with anybody as long as there's some level of talent so hopefully you get jade looking good in a match with Thunder Rosa and Jade would come out on top, right? Cause we know Thunder Rosa is off to off to bigger things. And I think Ruby comes out of that Nyla Rose match for the final. And then, you know, you put Ruby Soho in a match with Jade. Jade wins there. Jade can also look strong. Ruby can lead her through that match. You know, that was also being said in the discord. And I totally understand all of that. My only kind of reason, like, again, to want to see Statlander win is I think that Statlander deserves a little bit more of a push. And I think eventually she will hold that TBS title and even the women's championship down the road. So I don't think she's not getting the respect she deserves. I just think that they have a different idea right now. But I think the way you're realistically lining this up, if Jade's going to take this belt, you're going to put her in the two best matches possible right now, which would be Thunder Rosa one. And then the final with Ruby Soho, she would look super strong in both matches. If she beat both of those people and they should be able to have a decent match with her as long as, you know, things are, are, are straight on both ends, right? The pacings match, the styles kind of match. Like, I think that these are the best two matches they could envision, but we'll see. You, I mean, they, my issue isn't these matches. It's the matches that follow. That's no, why no, I think no. is a good test. I'm with you 100%. I, I understand what you're saying, but I think right now, I don't even know if they're thinking about that right now. I think they're just thinking, let's get this tournament through. Let's make this person look strong, and then we'll figure it out afterwards. But it has to be a, it has to be a workhorse title. I think it would be awesome if they did the same thing with the TBS belt that they do with the TNT. Open challenge, bring in anybody off the street that you can. There's talent out there. Let it happen, right? But the person who holds that belt's got to be able to do it. And I, I'm sort of with Rob Humphrey there. Is I don't know if Jade can do it right now. She still looks pretty green. So we'll see. Yeah, and then Asian Joe saying she'll have a short run. We haven't seen any titles that have had a short run mm -hmm. at all in the history of AEW. So. This might be that. This might be she has three squashes. You know, she might only hold it from whatever that is on January 5th till when's revolution? February? End of February? Yeah, it's in that first quarter. So maybe the, 
Like that's yeah. that's actually fine. She gets some squashes in. There's a couple weeks off, and then she. I keep thinking they signed Kira Hogan. We haven't hardly seen her. Her and and Jade had like a certain chemistry for sure. Maybe she's coming down the pike too, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see where it goes, but for now, we're getting into our main event of the night. It's Andrade El Idolo versus Cody Rhodes in an Atlanta street fight. Um, now, let's cut to the finish real quick. Cody Rhodes does win by pinfall with a superplex through a flaming table. Okay, we're going to get there. A few things to note here about this match. We get our entrance. Cody is getting mildly booed, even though he's in Atlanta. Um Arn Anderson comes out and Andrade rushes up the ramp to get to Cody and Jose is behind him as well. Um, boy, Arn took a spill off of that ramp and that surely did not look planned because Jose was trying to help him out of the basically, I guess like the lighting box that they had there. Um, so hopefully Arn's okay. But uh, as they start battling through the crowd there, Cody takes his uh, jacket off. Cody's entire back appears to be peeling like a really bad sunburn, which had me distracted. Um, uh, and I'm, I know a few other people we were chatting with in the discord were also like, what the fuck is going on? Clearly there was something happening and you could tell, like, I don't know about you guys, but as I was watching this match, the camera shots on Cody were tight on the front, nothing tight on his back. And anytime he was sort of to the side, they would like reposition the camera to keep him kind of off center. So you couldn't see his back. The funny thing too, is towards the end of this match, I also saw, um, Andra- I called it out in the discord. I said, man, Andrade's arms look a little ashy too, huh? Like, does he also appear to be peeling? Like what the fuck is going on? Well, clearly, uh, I believe I- I'm not a stunt man. I don't know, but they had to have something on their skin to help protect him from this fire table, even though they were both on fire <laughs> at the end of that match uh, on the ground. Um, and uh, by the way, that flaming table was set on fire by none other than uh, Brandy Rhodes, who jumped into the ring, uh, unmasked herself, and then poured lighter fluid on the table, lit it up, and that's that's how we get there. Um, also, a few fun things to note about this match. Cody Rhodes goes looking under the ring for weapons. I think at one point he pulls out the uh, kendo stick, uh, kind of tosses that. Who he cares? pulls out the sledgehammer and yeah. the commentary desk uh, laughs. And then he basically tosses it and Taz goes, yeah, get rid of that. You don't need that. Uh, and then he also pulls out the golden shovel. The uh, golden which shovel! All very fun. Uh, loved all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, listen. Anytime they do these matches, you're kind of like, okay, this can be great or it can be terrible. There were certainly moments that I was like, oh, like this was a little sloppy. Andrade at one point jumps up to the top rope. He looks like he's starting to lose his footing. He kind of regains his balance and dives off the top rope to the outside. Um, There were surely a few moments that could have gone terribly wrong. But I think for the most part, they had they pulled off what they needed to pull off. Um there were a few times, though, where Cody was kind of getting booed from the crowd. I think, again, it's kind of like this smart, marky crowd that's just booing to boo because it's like the thing to do. Um, he did throw his belt in the ring and people were egging the person on to throw it back. That person did hold on to it 
again, Mrs. Money and I were sitting on the couch and I was like, you'd have to pry it out of my hands. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way I'd throw that belt back if I was in the crowd. Um, But either way, I listen, I thought it was a fun match. We got everything we and more. I didn't think we were going to see a flaming table. Um, but we got all the kind of street fight action we could expect. So, uh, Kate, your thoughts on this. My number one question to both of you is, were you as distracted by what I thought was a chemical peel gone wrong on yeah. Cody this entire match? Yeah, and it was, uh, to your point, not just the peel, but how hard they were working to cover it up. Like, and then when the ending happened, I was like, now it makes sense that I can focus and then the match is over, right? So, um, but I, I was distracted and I didn't know what it was or why. It, it made plenty of sense when we saw what, what happened. The sledgehammer and the golden shovel just, they popped me so well. A lot of really fun spots in this match. Obviously going through a flaming table is insane. And clearly some part of him did not get covered in enough of whatever flame retardant was on his skin because he was still inflamed a little bit. And he either actually passed out or like had the wind knocked out of him, or he's the greatest seller of all time or somewhere in between. I think he got the wind knocked out of him, came to realized what happened and then was like, where am I? Or he said something like that, or like, where am I? What happened? Like, was very, I think, sincerely dazed from that spot, but I think also came to and realized what had happened and played into it super hard. Cody is getting John Cena reactions right now, which is great. Like, I think it's so awesome that he's getting these kind of mixed reactions in his own hometown and just in general. Uh, Brandy is an idiot. I don't know why you set a table on fire when it's clear your husband is also going to have to go through the table in this spot. Like, there was no way Andrade was going through the table you were going to set on fire and Cody wasn't. That That's the only thing that I was just like, this makes no sense. Because it's very clear that you're putting your husband in harm's way, even if he pulls off the move he's about to do. <laughs> so, I didn't appreciate the psychology of that at all. Um, but... I, I've loved the way Cody has handled it. He's handled it much better than John Cena ever did. He's so incredible at leaning into these, why are they booing me moments and these like, hell yeah moments. Um, he, he's just doing such a great job of walking this line until my guess is we're, we're getting an, a full on Cody heel turn at, at some point. Um, but until then, this like purgatory thing is something he is just playing like fiddle and impressively so. But great match, super fun. Always good to see Andrade on my television. This was a, a really fun spot for him to be in as well. He's very, 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 very smooth in the ring. Very, very good. Um, and, and Cody just is a tremendous storyteller. So a really fun way to close out Dynamite. Glad everyone's okay. Those spots are always scary, no matter what chemical peel thing treatment is on your back. So, but yeah. very cool and very unexpected. Certainly didn't think that's what we were going to be going home on. Yeah. I thought um, the Brandy thing was a little heelish, right? Like it seemed very heelish, so, yeah. right? So I think maybe we're starting to get into that gray area, you know, Cody, I'm not going to turn, you know, and now 
they're doing this sort of heelish stuff. Brandy looked heelish. The moves, you know, what she did was very heelish. So I think that's one thing. Also, I was a little confused by the bag that Andrade brought to the ring. First of all, Andrade coming out with a machete, basically, looking like <laughs> a Sicario. But the bag confused me a little bit. Um, I posed in the Discord, maybe he mixed up his bags. Because the bag that he had had a laptop, uh, rope, uh, duct tape, and handcuffs. I thought maybe it was for a getaway weekend with Charlotte. Uh, but who knows? Was either that Just, or a kidnapping? Or both. Yeah, it was a lot of bounding material. Um, but um, he looked like he hit the shit out of Cody with that laptop, too, by the way. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, Schlong, what was your take on the match, the fire table, the skin rash, all of it? The skin rash was distracting as shit, so I'm glad it actually had a reason, and I can't be mad at it now because I'm sitting here watching this thinking, like, at first, I just thought it was a sunburn that was peeling. And I'm like, wear a shirt for the match. Like, he got jumped. So, kind of come out wearing a shirt and get jumped. But um, at that point, I'm glad, you know, it was protection. Uh, it was, I mean, Cody puts on good matches. Andrade's amazing. So, you can't make the argument that there, that there's anything wrong there. Um, I, I'm tr- I think people who say Cody's not aware of what's going on or he doesn't get it. Watch this match. He pulled out a sledgehammer. He pulled out a golden shovel. He's very aware of what's being said about him. He's more aware than you are. Like he's very in on the joke. It was clear that Brandy did a heel thing. Um, Rob Humphrey said she wanted to burn off Cody's tattoo, which I think is really funny. Um, <laughs> and I think Brand and Jay Shelley asked why was Brandy uh, uh, wearing a mask. I think she was in the crowd or she was a camera person. So they were trying to like hide her as like a surprise thing. So that's why she didn't come where she came from. Wasn't uh, from like the, the ramp. She came from like the crowd. And, all, and, and that's typical to hide someone. And now we can use masks as like an easier way of doing it. Um, and then Robert, did anyone expect Jose to be as ripped as he is? No. Um, that man is shredded. Poor Arn. I've watched the gif a hundred times already of him falling into the hole. Uh, luckily it wasn't like their normal stage. If you really think about it, because if you look at their normal stage, that's just a drop tonight yeah. for, for whatever okay. reason, they had it short there. So, uh, it, it, he got really lucky, but I mean, the match was, the match was great. I love Cody matches. He tells a story whether you want, I mean, yeah, he does rely heavily on gimmicks. I, I have to agree to that. Um, he likes to bleed a lot. He likes to, but he tells a good story. He ate all of the table in the fire. Yeah. Which in a lot of ways protects the shit out of Andrade. So if it was his idea, it's pretty nice to be like, all right, I want a fire table, but I'll take it all. Cause he, he was literally on fire as he's pinning. I know Kate, I think Kate said that. Um, and he does like to, and Andrade does like to be bound. He likes to bind things. He, he, he likes to, that's an always sunny joke. If anyone, <laughs> I was listening um but it was great i mean i i love the story they're telling with cody because they they're in on it and they're taking it somewhere that no one thought they would go everyone thought it'd be a, just a simple heel turn myself included they'll just turn him heel and they'll go and they're like nope fuck that we'll go a completely different direction and i love it i i i mean i it's tough because i don't want to re- try to re- i know i'm reiterating some points you guys made trying not to re- reiterate them all 
But uh, this is a really good match. I just, I'm curious where Andrade goes next. And I'm very curious where Cody goes next because he's, this is a very interesting story he's telling. And Brandy was always a better heel. So if they want to include her again and make her his heel manager back, she's way better at that than she is face. And in the ring. Yes. Mad in the ring. She's not good. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, guys, that was the end of Dynamite. So what do we have on store for, or in store for Friday night? Well, we will get um, Phoenix and Pac versus FTR. Um, I believe it was set to be, I know at one point they were talking about a two out of three falls match. I don't recall hearing that tonight. So I, you know, we'll see what, uh, Friday night brings, but we will get, uh, pack and Penta versus FTR. Uh, we'll get our TNT title match, Sammy Guevara versus Tony Nice. That should be fun. And Jade Cargill will be in action against, uh, Janai Kai. Uh, uh, with Thunder Rosa on commentary, uh, all night. Uh, Dynamite next week, uh, for Long Island, they did say that we're gonna get the dime Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Uh, Jamie Hader will be in action versus Riho, and Brian Danielson will be fighting John Silver. And in two weeks, winter is coming. We will get Hangman Adam Page defending his title, his first title defense against Brian. Danielson. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, guys, uh, some news uh, over the last week. Let's catch up. We'll go from oldest to newest. Um, so we mentioned it earlier in the night and they mentioned it on commentary when, before the night started and at the end of the night. Jim Ross is on a leave of absence from AEW. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, he does have uh, skin cancer, so he's undergoing treatments. Uh, he's going to have 22 radiation treatments. Uh, and he said he will hopefully return to the announce desk on December 29th in Jacksonville. Uh, Tony Khan supports uh, JR in his strategy, uh, and uh, he'll be away for a little while. So best of luck to JR. Hope uh, his treatments go well. Uh, so, Kate, word on the street is GCW sold out Hammerstein Ballroom. It's not word on the street. It definitely happened. So GCW sells out Hammerstein. And uh, the reason I bring it up is because uh, one of your boyfriends will be there. Eddie <laughs> Kingston is going to Hammerstein. You and, know who uh, else is going to Hammerstein? You are. Well, look at that. Look I'm at that. I'm going. Uh, yep, me and... Eddie will be there. And it's just very cool. I mean, that is, that's a historic moment for a wrestling promotion to be able to sell out Hammerstein. Um, you know, obviously all the ECW history that was there and GCW is following right along in their footsteps. Um, I think only new Japan has really been running there with any consistency in the past few years. So just very cool to see that they did that and very cool to see that I will be eating cake alongside Eddie Kingston at the GCW show. Very very true. And yeah, I know I've seen, I saw a bunch of Ring of Honor shows there. Uh, some good Ring of Honor shows at the Hammerstein Ballroom. So it's a fun room for wrestling. If you're lucky enough to have tickets, congratulations. Uh, Eddie Kingston will be there. The Briscoes tweeted they're also joining the lineup. Um, that show Eddie also. Champions includes, the Briscoes, I believe, right? That's right. 
I believe they still are. Um, Alex Cologne, Alex Zane, Ali Catch, ASF, Atticus, Kogar, uh, Big Van, Blake Christian, Effie, Gringo Loco, Jimmy Lloyd, Joey Janella, Jordan Oliver, Laredo Kid, Matt Cardona, Matthew Justice, Nick Wayne, Ninja Mac, and Tony Deppin will also be at the event. And I don't know. I didn't know about this, Kate, until I actually saw this piece of news that they're hosting G, uh, Game Changers hosting their first ever Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame ceremony the night before that Hammerstein show. Jerry Lynn Homicide and Ruckus are set to be inducted. That will take place on January 22nd at the Cutting Room in NYC. And my best friend threw his name in the ring to do the induction. I'm just saying. Well, 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 look at that. Um, So we were talking before about um, contracts in AEW. So uh, we found out that the Young Bucks signed a contract extension with AEW. Um, they have signed a new two-year contract extension to remain all with All Elite Wrestling. Uh, their original deal was set to expire January 1st, but it will now run through January 2022. Four. Uh, they're still executive vice presidents, um, but you know now, uh, um, you know they're going to be talent. Uh, it's not really sure what the situation is in regards to talent contract versus their executive ones, but they're signed for the next two years minimum. So um, the rumor says that, uh, or, or the rumors were saying that there um, are a number of AEW uh, wrestlers and AEW looking at their current contract extensions, or I'm sorry, contract situations. Um, and apparently uh, the powers that be at AEW are going to start looking more closely now after the Young Bucks just signed. Um, uh, apparently when when I was looking up all this stuff, uh, there's there was no note as to what the status was for Cody and Kenny Omega for new contracts, but we do know one person who will not be renewing uh, is Big Swole. She actually announced um, uh, yesterday uh, that uh, she um, will not be resigning with the company, and it's a mutual decision. Her post read, over the past couple of months, my life has taken on the mantra, grow, learn, change, dealing with the shadow work, uh, took strength. I didn't know I had, I thank God, uh, sorry. I thank God for my loving family because they got me through some of the roughest months of my life, but I realized the real test is application. So I took my leave. And after speaking with Tony Khan and AEW higher officials, uh, we've decided not to renew my contract with all elite wrestling. This was a hard decision, but a needed one. I'm grateful for their understanding and that we could mutually come to this agreement. I've enjoyed my time with AEW and wish them all the best. I appreciate their love and welcoming me into their family. Uh, today is my last day. And as a bittersweet as it is, I am proud to say that I've lived my dreams while making a difference. This is swole mentality. Uh, so, Swole is no longer with the company. That kind of sucks because I think all of us were kind of saying Swole could be a bigger part of that division. Um, but, Kate, I think we were kind of chatting about this yesterday. Um, I think you were saying that this sounds bigger than wrestling, and I would have to agree with you there. Yeah, I don't know um, You know, if she's spoken at length about her very real physical challenges to battling Crohn's disease, which is not a joke. Um, so... I would imagine that would make committing to weekly episodic television something that's very challenging um, to know you'd be in a storyline and have no um, 
agency over over that, like whether or not you're going to be well enough to do it. So whether it's emotional reasons, physical reasons, if she just wants to go back to the Indies, which are about to be even more insane than they've been. Um, but it just, it sounded very amicable and healthy and uh, she she's, she's great. She's going to do really well wherever she ends up going. So um, whether that's in wrestling or elsewhere, uh, I did, you know, obviously I think everybody is wishing the, the best for her and um, yeah, Crohn's is, is a bitch. So if that's part of it, just, just health and healing to, to her. She seems so lovely. Yeah. It sucks. Cause she certainly could have been a bigger part of that division. And now, especially since they're kind of finding their way, yeah. um, you know, she could have definitely been somebody who could have taken on the TBS title at some point and carried the load for a little while. So um, it sucks. Hopefully we see swole somewhere else at some point, if you know, she's got to kind of figure out injury or her own kind of uh, illness to deal with and stuff like that. Um, you know, hopefully it's nothing too terrible, but hopefully we see her pop up again. Cause she's great. Um, Guys, did you know that Mickey James is going to put her impact uh, title uh, on the line at an NWA pay-per-view. I did hear something about that. She's defending it against Kira Hogan. <laughs> so Ryan, follow the logic here. AEW sends a challenger who was an impact to fight for the impact title uh, on an NWA pay-per-view. What a fucking mishmash of shit there. But hey, Kira Hogan, Mickey James should be a fun match. Kira Hogan is awesome. So, yes. Um, NWA and Impact should be doing a lot more together because they really could use the support of one another. Uh, they busted their budget, though, for Q4. Who, which and company? Impact. Like, spent their, they're done. They're out of money <laughs> for the quarter. And yeah. yeah, but going they're into next year, I mean, they should just be crossing talent over back and forth well, because they need it. My confusion is Tasha Steeles was ripping it up, right? So like is this some reformation of fire and flavor, but not like it's it's just very, very it's there's a forbidden door being opened and then there's booking to the point of confusion. And um that's where I'm at because Kirokin has been signed but not used like at all in AEW. Wait, so, she's clearly signed to one of those like a tier deal stuff. kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, my it's thing is, I think, she, I think the NWA needs to go not go completely back to this, but kind of be a little bit of what the NWA was, which is more of a talent sharing company, which is like they facilitate talent, facilitate talent being shared among other companies because it would allow wrestlers to get paid better because you can split cost of having so and so a wrestler booked, but also they need something. I mean, I know people like them, but they're clearly, they don't draw a ton. I think them and impact need to really figure out how to budget together and cross town over to, to make stories interesting. Cause they're not getting seen. Well, it's uh Saturday, December 4th. Um, the show will be on uh, stream live on Fight TV from Atlanta's GPB Studios, and the card is absolutely huge. 
Uh, I'll run down the card for you just so you can hear who's on it. Trevor Murdoch versus Mike Knox for the NWA World Championship. Camille versus Molina for the NWA World Women's uh, title. Tyrus versus Sion in a no time limit, no disqualification match for the NWA Television Championship with the Pope as special guest referee. Uh, Nick Aldis versus Tom Latimer. No one is allowed at ringside. Both men will be suspended for eight weeks if there's a DQ. Mickey James versus Kira Hogan for the Impact Knockouts title. Chris Adonis versus Judeus for um, the NWA National Championship. Love Rebellion versus The End for the NWA Tag Titles. The Hex versus Kylie Ray and Tootie Lynn versus Lady Frost and Natalia Markova for the NWA Women's Tag Team Championship. Colby Carino versus Doug Williams, Austin Aries versus Rhett Titus in an NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship qualifying match, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett uh, versus Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos for the ROH tag team titles. How fucking crazy is that? Uh, And the NWA uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship qualifying gauntlet featuring Homicide, Darius Lockhart, uh, Arya Davari, C.W. Anderson, Sal uh, Renoro, uh, Kerry Morton, Luke Hawks, PJ Hawks, Jamie Stanley, Victor Benjamin, Jeremiah Plunkett, and Alex Taylor. There will also be a special in-ring tribute to Jazz, and Mick Foley will be appearing. So a loaded card uh, worth checking out if you want to spend some money on Fight TV. Uh, NWA is pretty cool, so check it out. And tune in yeah. to the Shining Wizards podcast or go back to their past episodes because a lot of that talent has been recent interviews there. So go check them out. Very true. Um, quick note, guys, I know you've been waiting for the big news on whether another contract was renewed and it was. Roads to the Top was renewed for a second season. Boom. We won. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did um, it. <clears throat> we totally did it. Um, Ryan, I have to ask you a dark question because I didn't get to watch it yet. Are you aware of this new mysterious uh, luchador wrestler? His name is Infinito. And he debuted. And there are some people out there saying some crazy shit, my man. There- uh, so if you're, ask- if you're asking, did I watch this match? I would say yes, 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 yes. There are wild accusations out there. That Infinito is really um, uh, uh, Brian Danielson in a mask. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Listen, he's his own person. Just like Fuego Dos is his own person. Do you buy these rumors, Ryan? No. Why? Why? I mean, if if it was Brian Danielson, he'd come out as Brian Danielson. Why would he come out as Infinito? It doesn't make any sense. People need to just accept, yes, they have similar styles. Yes, he's doing that spinning move that Danielson used to do back in the indie days. I get all that. But it's just not him. It's just a new luchador that we should be excited to see. I'll tell you what match I would like to see. Infinito versus Fuego Dos. You know what match I want to see? What's that? Infinito versus Brian Danielson. That would be it's gonna take a while. Okay, he's gonna have to get up there, really build himself. Yeah, that that would be something that we're talking probably way down the line. Which was my sure. that was gonna be my comment was just like... I think at some point if Danielson is still wrestling, that's how far ahead I you know. I think Infinito's got to really work his way up. 
But okay, well, it's a dream he, match of mine. He shows some promise. I'll say that much. For a, a new guy, a mysterious wrestler under a mask, he shows promise. I just think they would have good in-ring chemistry. I think sometimes you like a collision of styles. Sometimes you like it when styles line up. For some reason, I just feel like their styles line up like almost identically. They're about the same yeah. height and weight. I mean, it makes sense. It would be fun. It'd be really fun. It would be fun. And in in the last piece of news, which I thought this was just a fun uh, rumor, not sure if you guys saw, but uh, according to Brian Alvarez, uh, there are rumors that there are people in the WWE who think that TK is buying up the majority of tickets for AEW shows. That's the same rumor that WWE oh. used to put out when WCW was selling out shows. It's yes. amazing. Just like w, w, Vince used to say that WCW was blood and guts. And it was, man, he has like one playbook and he just keeps going back to it, and back to it and back to it. You know, what's really funny. <clears throat> I don't know why this just made me think of it. Baby A was sitting on the couch the other day watching TV and whatever he was on, he was like, I don't, I don't want this. Can we find something else? So I flipped to the next channel and it was boomerang. He loves the boomerang. He loves Scooby-Doo. It happened to be Scooby-Doo and the WWE speed racer, whatever, right? Like they were WWE guys in fucking race cars for some reason. I don't know why they weren't wrestling, but they were driving cars. Um, and do you guys know who the culprits were trying to ruin the WWE Racing League or whatever it was? It was Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> and um, Vince makes them pay for their crimes. He's like, they're going away. <laughs> they're going to pay for our crimes. Like, I'm going to gut NXT. <laughs> It seems very true to life. I was just like, my goodness, the guy can't uh, lose control here. Um, my God. But you're very right, Ryan. Uh, it's very um, it's very one-note playbook. And the reason that I brought that up was because I figured of all people, you would probably remember those days of WCW when they said the same thing, is they can't sell out the building, so they buy their tickets or they're papering things like more than half of the building is paper tickets, right? Which they did paper heavily. I mean, you listen to enough. Knows. Sure. You listen to enough Conrad podcasts. You know, he has a lot of numbers on that stuff, but, but they um, were saying that even when they were legitimately selling out. No, no, no. I know. Um, it just seems insane to me. Um, did any of you guys see the video that was going around on Twitter of the WWE talking to seat fillers? Yes. <laughs> hilarious that's that's what also what made me think of that is like says the company that's actually got seat fillers they're instructing on where to go during smackdown and whatever other taping they were doing after smackdown very funny yeah they literally weren't able to give tickets away to the long island show it's bad it's real bad I actually, <clears throat> after that came up in the discord where somebody said here's how many tickets are still available I actually turned it on Friday night. Like I was, it was probably around like nine 30 and I was just like, Oh, it's on. Like I was looking for something. So I just flipped it on because I remembered the photo of how many tickets were available. I can tell you this much, Kate, there were not a lot of wide shots. No. Uh, real, well, here's the thing. If you say you're going to bring out the rock and you don't, 
at a pay-per-view, people aren't going to be like real excited to go to your live show all of a sudden. And definitely, I mean, part of it's just the holiday too, but it, yeah. it just happens to be that AEW and WWE are running such similar routes at the same time that it's like almost back to back. So it looks really bad, like really, really bad. Yeah. It was also shocking. The segment I happened to stop on when I was just like, Oh, I wonder how this looks on television. Um, it was something that the, that edge was doing with the Miz, which looked terrible and sounded terrible. Um, but boy, they were so tight on them and they would not, they would not go up at all. I said to Mrs. Money, I was like, I think the upper deck is empty. Like it just was was not good. Anyway, Guys, that's all I had. Those are all the news and notes we had. We discussed everything. Anthony Agogo is back, by the way. Oh, well, good. I hope you can see, still see out of his eye. That's the most important thing. That's not even a joke. That's me legitimately no, saying. Sincerely, yeah. I hope he can see out of his eye because I think he's a, I think he's a guy who they could also build up, right? Like, he was actually doing pretty well. You know, he wasn't having, like... A plus matches or long matches when he was having that feud with Cody, but he was serviceable, right? So I yeah, that hope... feud definitely got cut short. Yeah, I, I hope that um he can kind of pick up where they left off and uh maybe use him for something. So legitimately hope he could still see and that that injury wasn't as bad as everybody was kind of leading it on to be, but we'll see. Good to have Anthony Agogo back. But Guys, um, Ryan, let's start with you. You're always up to a lot of stuff. What do you want to plug this week? You can follow me at Mark Order Pod on Twitter. Um, you can follow me at Mark Order Pod on Twitter. And you can follow me at Mark Order Pod on Twitter. And Monday and Tuesday nights, are you usually busy or, you know? I am doing my version of live tweeting on the on about dark and elevation which is me making comments about what I like about wrestlers. Um, so if you have you interested in if there's worthwhile wrestlers, I'll tell you they are. Um, and then most of the time I'm making silly jokes. Sure. We'll go with silly jokes. That's right. Um, Kate, what do you want to plug? What do you got going on? Oh my goodness. Okay. So Sunday on Fightful Select, you can catch me and Alex Pulowski doing our war games uh, post show. We're going up head to head with the boring show. So come to Fightful Select, hang out with us. Uh, Tuesdays, you can also catch me with Alex Pulowski after NXT, slowly losing our minds after NXT 2.0. Spoiler alert, it's usually terrible, but we have a lot of fun. Wednesday is back here. Every Wednesday, except next Wednesday, because we're going to be at AW Dynamite. But catch us the following day on Thursday. Then Fridays, of course, doing AW Rampage and SmackDown with Sean Rossap. Also on Fightful YouTube. Catch me there. And follow me at Kate on Deck IC. Boom. Punk. A lot of stuff going on for Kate. So as Kate said, programming change for next week, since we will be in Long Island for um, Dynamite. Uh, check us out on Thursday night. We'll tweet out what time because we still have to fucking iron out the details. I'll tell you all when we talk on Wednesday when we're I'm doing my show. Jesus It'll Christ, work. can you stop ruining the plugs? Um, <laughs> tune in Thursday, probably around nine o'clock, and we'll talk about uh, dynamite. Nothing to plug. You don't know the time yet. 
can you just let me get it out? Just let me get it out. What? And then you can interject. Sad. Um, so Thursday will be on next week. Uh, so like we said, Kate and I and Millionaire Matt will be in Long Island at the uh, Dynamite show. So uh, if you're going to be there, hit us up on our socials. Let us know. Uh, you can hit us up at Mark Order Pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we've also got these neat stickers um, that you can get for free if you DM us. Uh, just send us your name and number. We'll send them out worldwide as soon as we get the information from you. So hit us up uh, and we'll send them out for free. You don't have to do anything. Just send us your name and address. Uh, Kate, me and Millionaire Matt will also be down in Baltimore for Ring of Honor's final battle on Saturday. So also let us know if you're going to be there. The um, finalist of battles. The finalist of battles? Is that what you said? Yeah, because ROH is like going away for a little bit. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens with Ring of Honor. But yeah, it'll be fun. We're staying in a haunted hotel, so that'll be fun. We're going to finally third or fourth time's a charm. We're going to get to Jimmy's Famous Seafood. We need some fish. Um, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, and then we're also going to be in the new year. We're going to be at the Newark taping. Or Newark taping. We're going to be at the Newark show for Dynamite on uh, January 5th. So we're going to have a programming change there as well. But uh, that's a little ways out. Other than that, this was a lot of fun tonight, guys. So I appreciate you hanging out. And uh, for everybody in the chat who's watching, thanks. Uh, if you are listening to us in podcast format, we do appreciate you. Uh, make sure if you're listening to us on whatever podcast forum you're listening, uh, subscribe, uh, you know, like, rate, review, do whatever you can because it helps us in the uh, in the algorithms uh, showing up. Uh, and also, if you're not watching us on YouTube, uh, because this is fun to watch us do this, um, check us out on YouTube uh, or Facebook or Twitter. The videos stay up, so you can always go back and watch these uh, if you uh, don't feel like listening to them. Um, sometimes we do stupid shit. Um, who knows? <laughs> maybe. Times. Maybe. Uh, Kate, did you actually wind up giving away cruise director Mike? I did. You did. It was wind Matt's up giving birthday cake director. topper. Excellent. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure if he stayed at Matt's or if you brought him home. So unfortunately there's no more. All right. Well, there's no more cruise director, Mike, but we'll find other stupid shit to do. Uh, maybe rate the great. will show up again at some point. Um, Matt sometimes wears a luchador mask. I don't have anything fun like that. I really don't. I wish I did. I don't. You need to work on it. I'll do what I can. I'm not going to spend 20 bucks on a miniature cowboy hat, though. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't forget about Cowboy Night. Anyway, um, thanks, everybody, for uh, chatting along with us. Rob Humphrey, Asian Joe, Jay Shell, uh, Mike Peterson. I think I saw you in there. Everybody else. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Check us out next week, Thursday. Don't forget, um, we will be back. So thank you all. Ryan, say your shit. So schlong and good night. He's the fucking worst, Kate. The worst. Someone's got to be worse than me. It's a schlong farewell. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Boy, we brought him in. I look better. Is that what you're going with? You look better? Yeah, I just got to bring in someone a little 
a little worse than me. Oh my the god! Front. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Push long. Check us out next week. Turn you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.